Tremors rocks the box office, Boondock Saints is stupid, and Conan steps down from tonight. This week on 30 Welcome everyone to 30, 20, 10, the Laser Times Weekly Pop Culture Time Machine, taking you back 30, 20, and 10 years ago into the past of movies, TV, news, video games, television, and more. Uh, we'll be looking at a single week throughout three decades, and that specific week will be January 17th to the 23rd throughout 1990. 2000 and 2010. I did that flawlessly. I'm so I, proud yeah, of holy you. Holy shit! There's no edits there. Wow. Seriously, I'm I'm proud of me too. Yeah. I'm not I'm not good. At, I wasn't good at the previous one, and I did it for four years. You're coming in hot to 2020. Ooh, ooh, there's there's a lot of I don't know. There's like not like a bona fide like this is gonna kill. Like everyone's heard of this and loves it thing in this episode, but there's so much fun shit to there's talk so about. So much fun stuff. Uh, like 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 little things that I love. There being giant fan bases for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I cannot wait to talk about, especially one of like my favorite. It's such a specific theater memory for me, mm-hmm. I, and I, I feel like this is sort of me coming awake. Uh, wow. Like like really starting to take in things rather than just be taken to things. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about that. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm Diana Goodman, and those three people have never been in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's me, Sarah. It is her, Sarah, and uh, and I cannot wait to talk about any more of this stuff. And once again, we are supported by Patreon.com uh, slash LazerTime, supporting the whole LazerTime network, all of our shows, and the bonus content you get over there. Right now, we have a big, ginormous 30-2010 breakdown of all the games uh, of November and December of the previous uh, decade, which is really, really fun. There is... Again, I want to preface that with like the nine, early '90s are really short on concrete release date, but there are lawsuits that I we can go more in depth to in that episode. Chief among them being the Game Genie. I would love to talk about that <laughs> for an eternity, but uh, it's one of the weirdest things released on a console and is hilarious and is great to talk about at length. But we have a lot of other stuff to talk about, so we won't have many games uh, during the 1990 portion. But again, we start as as we always do. I'm taking you through January 17th to the 23rd of 1990, 2000, and 2010, and beginning, as we always do, with 1990, the oldest possible date there is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no one was alive then. Yeah. Uh, okay. Diana's, Diana usually puts the news in here. I only had a little bit. Uh, apparently, the McMartins are acquitted, and Marion Barry enters rehab after getting busted with crap. So <laughs> Bitch <laughs> set him up. Huh? Bitch set him up. Did they? Just, you know, and- a good thing to hear from a mayor of a major American city. It's like, how do you, what do you have to say about these charges? Bitch, set me up. I like, mean, look, you, mayor it's concise. It's pithy. Yeah, I like it. It gets right to the heart of things. I like it. Make someone else responsible for you smoking crack. Mm-hmm. Always try to do that. Mm-hmm. I did that. It's like when your parents yeah. catch you with weed. It wasn't me, it was Sam. He's making me do everything. Uh, Wait, in the McMartins, that's the people who were accused of molesting mm-hmm. children in a satanic cult we, in their we, daycare, right? I know Diana brought right. it up, like, I think a few years ago. It was a very long yeah. trial. When, yeah. when the trial started, we brought it up because it's like the longest, most expensive trial in California history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these people were accused because of recovered memories in children mm-hmm. that they were being flown to places they watched people get killed they saw their teachers are witches and they could levitate uh mm-hmm. there's tunnels under 
the d- preschool and that's where the Satan worshiping murder happens. Uh, yeah, it's like the ultimate in, in 80s satanic panic. Well, y'all probably thought. already covered it, but HBO actually did a pretty good movie <laughs> yes, about the it. The McMartin Trial. In- indictment. The Mac- oh, Indictment Coleman, the McMartin Trial. Exactly. I watched it a couple years with Sam because um, that's right in my husband's wheelhouse right. is HBO <laughs> movies. Yeah, featuring uh, America's Rose James Woods. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I love that's his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Such an awful man. It's terrible. Uh, it, <laughs> I love watching and stuff. So bad. And 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 yeah, that is that has happened. Uh, and this is like I I feel like the basis for eleven billion conspiracy theories. If this was all false and perpetrated by people conducting a trial, mm. then there's no yeah. truth in anything well, anymore. It, memory is an amazing thing in that mm-hmm. it's very malleable, and especially if you're a kid, you're going to tend to acquiesce to what adults say. So if they ask you the question, "Well, what happened?" You'll say one thing, but if they start leading you down with, well, did Miss Martin say something to you? Well, did Miss Martin take you somewhere? Well, did she take you to a plane? Mm-hmm. You just go, yeah. Did she take you to a hollowed out okay. volcano? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids want to be right. Was Jeffrey Epstein yeah. dressed like Santa Claus? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yes, every every documentary about kids on trial has something like this from your making a murderer to your uh, murder of Robin Hood Hills uh, of mm-hmm. coerced testimony in mm-hmm. children. Easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on from that news, there's a lot more. Anniversary of Sea Lions uh, arrival at Pier 39. What's this? Yeah, about, they're Jen? celebrating it this week uh, after the big San Francisco earthquake in 89. Um, I mean, Sea Lions have always been around uh, in San Francisco and San Francisco Bay, and they'll pop up here and there and just chill. And for some reason, starting around after the earthquake and then coming through now, uh, sea lions just start piling up on the piers around Pier 39, all the boat slips, and they decide they're not leaving. <laughs> this is and ours they've been now. there for 30 years. <laughs> Hundreds of them. They are the best attraction in San Francisco. It's the only reason to go to Pier 39, which is basically a mall, unless you want to go to Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Oh, yes. yes. There are can, three kinds of shrimp, just like the movie. For hours, because the California sea lion is not uh, sealed, so they're uh, real big uh, and real blubbery. And they figured out, like, oh, we're behind a breakwater, <laughs> there's no sharks. Is we can just sit in the sun and get warmed up and we're cool and they just hang out and make a ton of noise. Wow. People will just throw us them. sourdough bowls full of clam chowder. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we don't yeah. even have to catch our own clams. Yeah, with Ghirardelli no. chocolate wrapped in rice aroni. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will watch them for hours. They're so much fun. I cannot recommend them enough. Uh, Go watch the sea lions. They're so big and blubbery, but they'll just shoot out of the water real fast and mm-hmm. then you just hear them going, or, 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 and then every now and then one of them will go, Bleh! All right, so I'm going to do it. I don't a- know what that noise means, but it's the best thing. And uh, this is wonderful. On the 20th of this year, 1990, Roseanne Barr marries uh, her, oh, just a ne'er-do-well writer on her show, mm-hmm. <laughs> Tom Arnold. They are married. Uh, and it's, wow. it's, it is such a, it is such an exciting time in pop culture because they pop up everywhere. <laughs> it's true. And the only thing you really have left, and I always forget about it, is their cameo appearance in Nightmare on Elm Street 6, Freddy's Dead. Because they, <laughs> they appear together forever in this movie mm-hmm. as a very happy couple, which in hindsight wasn't that long. But, like, they were all over the place. Oh, I remember this. Mm-hmm. And I was probably too young to really remember things. Maybe this is an implanted memory. I'm not sure. But I do, <laughs> I do remember... The bars being, or the, the bars, Arnolds the being Arnold. everywhere, mm-hmm. including did Roseanne. They host 
SNL together yes, yes, at did. one point. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have vivid memories of watching that with my parents. I remember the SNL because uh, Victoria Jackson, Jackson was doing her great Roseanne, and mm-hmm. it was one of Chris Farley's first sketches, and his pants fell down as playing Tom Arnold. <laughs> And a Dennis, Le- Dennis Miller had a response like, did I just see the new kid's asshole? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, I don't remember that was on screen or off, but I've heard that anecdote a thousand times. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were such great tabloid fodder because yeah. they're basically, they're rednecks. Yeah. They're, they're rednecks who are now Nouveau Riche rednecks. Yes. And, and they're always fighting and they're always temperamental and they have a addiction issues and they're white and, trash and they're willing to appear everywhere together for no reason yeah yeah <laughs> they're just wild and i mean we all know what's happened to roseanne Barr, but tom arnold if you catch him on Enjoy. any appearances right now like yep. for the past several years it's crazy Who'd have it's thunk? bonkers who would have thunk when the the dust settled he'd be the one we liked right <laughs> the situation i know <laughs> it's truly insane well i just i've always loved that he's just so incredibly honest about all the different ways he is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In just a, yeah. And then I did that. Yeah. And I was addicted to that. And yeah, I, I was molested as a kid and it did bad things to me. And yeah. this is why I got into drugs. And it's like, and I worked yeah. in a pig processing plant. Yeah. That's he dishes the story. And it's and- all unfiltered. Just, Right. This is the truth. It's, it's like, like we're, it's like has, we're he, all in his AA meeting. Right. Yeah, he's, yeah a, exactly. he's, a, he's a seemingly lethal form of ADHD, yeah. and it, we all get to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, okay, I have to read this cold, but I'm assuming I'm going to get through this. Diana usually writes these. Yes. Uh, Robert Tappan Morris becomes the first person in the U.S. convicted of a felony for releasing a computer worm. Uh, the Morris worm was meant to find security flaws to make them better, uh, but he got probation and uh, community service and went to teach at MIT. Mitt. Yep. Mitt. He went, is that how you pronounce it? He went to yes. teach at Mitt. Okay. Yes. You ladies are always going pranks in me. Mitt stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's 1990. We're well before what we think of as the internet, even though it is a thing, mm-hmm. but mostly at big corporations and universities. And um, he slightly got the coding wrong on this worm that it would replicate sometimes without finding this flaw it was looking for. And um, it was something like 40% of all computers got infected by it. Shit. It was like real bad. Holy shit. Okay. And other stuff I don't remember. uh, Yugoslav. But the fact that it's a felony for a computer crime that was not intended as a crime. Yeah. Hmm. But but it was because it is you're invading. Chess, where's the intent? (laughs) Well, I think think we hadn't defined what was a malicious worm yet. Uh, And then. Yeah. We will in the movie section. Oh, <laughs> good tease. Fuck well, you, Yugoslavia. I don't care that your Communist Party ends first party rule on the 22nd of January 1990. What, is that, yeah. what are the ramifications here, Di? Please boil it down. Well, I mean, we're part of the, the wave of, oh, everyone stop being communist, I guess. We're, we're moving to something else. Cold War seems to be ending. That's it, pretty cool. It was a weird uh, phase. Apologies, Western mm. world. <laughs> yeah. Yugoslavia, though, it, it, Yugoslavia is kind of one of those cobbled together countries with a lot of different ethnic groups with mm. like 600 years worth of grievances. And so the, this turns into a series of wars and they're bad. Oh, They're bad. Yeah. You got your Bosnias. You got your Serbias. You got your... Moldova's and Montenegro's and it's very yeah. confusing. I just well, I, I categorize all of them as third world white people. <laughs> Hello. Exactly. It's third world white people. This news section uh, really took us on a roller coaster. It really did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the time in nineteen nineties, like, fuck yeah, this is cool. It's like East Germany and Poland. All right, this is gonna be great. Yay. Uh, Everyone's on the baseball team. Yeah. 
oops, ramifications you well. couldn't foresee by well. destroying a way of life in a country you don't live in. Uh, so let's move into the happier news. And it never m- happened again. The, the movies <laughs> of uh, 1990. Born on the 4th of July, still number one at the box office. But we have the debut of Time Me Up, Time Me Down. Yes. Is, is this Antonio yeah. Banderas' first uh, uh, collaboration with Almodovar? No. He, was he in no. Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown? He was on, in Women on the Verge of a Nervous okay. Breakdown. But I think that's so cool that it's coming 30 years almost to yes. the day that that Antonio Banderas just got an Oscar nomination right. for yeah. an Almodovar movie for Pain, Pain and Glory. Pain and Glory, a movie Ooh. I've never heard of until Antonio Banderas' nomination. I love Almodovar. Mm-hmm. And Time Me Up, Time Me Down. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's a weird one. Victoria, it is a weird one. Like that's he, Almodovar. What do you want? Like he makes Sorry, a movie Almodovar. that's not a weird There's one. There's an accent in there. So. It, Almodovar. It's Almodovar. so beautiful to watch and then at the end i was like oh okay this is how we're ending okay oh all right i guess that's how we're gonna end this one the story of obsession and mental illness question mark yeah yeah it hits a lot of his his things that he does a lot there's i think every movie has an actress in it at some point um but it's about an actress who is being stalked by a mental patient um and then uh, it becomes more of a captive situation. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's odd. But like all Almodovar, no matter how serious it is, there's a certain like humor to it all. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't this ridiculous? Mm-hmm. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's and Antonio Banderas is really fucking good in it. He's great. He's yeah. so good. Yeah, I don't think I've ever any English language performance of his has been fine. And you watch him in Spanish and you're just like, Holy I get shit. it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to talk out of my league, but I can't imagine him not getting the Oscar this year. Mm. I really can't. Mm, like after talk. all, after all this time, everyone else nominated like has one or doesn't deserve it. Uh, other than, mm. and if Joaquin can win for the Joker and not Ooh. everything else he's ever done, then so can Banderas yeah. for this movie I've never seen because he rules. Gur and Bill. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I watched this this weekend. In the middle of also, I just finished this novel called You by mm-hmm. Carolyn Kepnes. And you may, it's spawned a TV show that's on Netflix right now that everybody's talking about, also mm-hmm. called You, which is also about obsession and stalking. And so I really had a theme oh. to my weekend. And I have to say, I recommend both the book and the television program All as right. well. They've both been very fun and entertaining. So if you want to do hmm. a little obsession and stalking triple feature book movie and tv show there you go you better cool it with the current recommendations sarah this is 30 sorry y'all <laughs> sorry just trying to tie a line between the past i have seven thousand other podcasts if you'd like to talk about this uh but also out this week i was so sad when diana put in this parenthetical mm. not dead alive just brain dead a movie called brain dead not the fun one, and not the not the treat William Show Piscopo zombie cop uh, comedy. Nope. No, but this is historic in a very different way. Ooh, we've got Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton what? acting what? opposite each other. Oh, I thought it's happening. I thought what? we were gonna have to do that with CG. I'm so glad it finally went down with George Kennedy. <laughs> I and take a guesses. Bonus and Bud Court <laughs> and Bud Court represent and Harold Braindead, ladies and gentlemen. But even the greatest discoveries You have a special brain, a very special brain Have a price You need those numbers Your life You want him brain dead you said anything about brain dead Who the hell are you? What do you want? You could be the patient And Halsey could be the doctor Just give us those numbers, Halsey 
Dude, this looks fucking awesome. This mm. looks like a uh, like if if John Carpenter had a summer camp, this would be one of the movies that was produced. Hey, <laughs> that's an interesting way of looking at it. From, from uh, the director I, of Carnosaur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a Roger Corman joint, uh-huh. uh, but it's got some really gross effects. If you like gross practical effects, where it's like someone's head, the top of their head's been removed and their brain is hanging out, or like just. It's there's just sort of a face that can move independent. It's just sort of a face sitting on a desk and it can move and shit. Yeah, there's some really gross effects. But uh, Bill Pullman is a researcher who's trying to like pinpoint parts of the brain that like cause mental illness. And then this, this George Kennedy and his big evil corporation like fund it and they're trying to make it so like you can change who people are and make them live forever and uh then like they're gonna work on this one guy's brain, and then they swap it with another brain, and oh no! But Pullman and Paxton, <laughs> and Bill Paxton, Together. by the way, playing someone in like a well-dressed, malevolent character, like mm. oh, wonderful. I love when yeah. he does crazy eyes. Yeah. He does it so well. <laughs> Giant smile. He goes full chat on us. It's mm. wonderful. Uh, and, and also out this week, a movie. I'm guessing Diana thinks it's worth talking about. <laughs> no, not no? really. Everybody it's, wins. I'm, I, it's one of these where it's like, okay, the backstory of it sounds more interesting because mm-hmm. uh, it got awful reviews. Mm-hmm. And, but it's written by Arthur Miller? Weird. Uh-huh. What? In 1990? Yeah. Mm. What? The Crucible guy? Yeah. And it, and it has Jack Warden just to have a little one foot in the past. <laughs> Love Jack hey, Warden. Jack Warden is like the greatest unrecognized character actor of I all time. I love him. I love him. If he's in anything and it's the 70s, that movie now officially rules. Uh, if he's in anything and it's Problem Child 1 or 2, I will lose my fucking mind. <laughs> that guy will, oh my God, he's the devil. I hate that kid. Take him back where he came from. The meanest movie I've ever seen, Problem it's Child. Uh, it, <laughs> okay, so we can move on to Music Box with Jessica Lang. And- yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody wins. Just sounds like it's a murder mystery thriller mm-hmm. that like nobody really liked. And then Music Box, which is like, eh, it's a courtroom drama that like wants to be something more important, but mm-hmm. it can't because it's written by Joe Astorhaus. <laughs> The showgirls guy, come on! The showgirls guy. Uh, I got to hear this trailer then. Jessica Lang and Armin Mueller Stahl. I hate it already. United States of America versus Michael J. Laszlo. This is a mistake. You got the wrong Michael J. Laszlo. Like they always do. That's not your grandpa. I didn't kill anybody or hurt anybody. He wants me to represent him. You're gonna need all the help you can get. I need to know everything about you. Everything that they might know. I've spent my whole life trying to forget what I saw. Now I have to remember. Okay, so is he or is he a Nazi? Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Diana spoiled yeah. the first. Yeah. 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 Um, no. I mean, that's the question. Is he or is he not a war criminal? And like, everyone's real good in it. Mm. It's, yeah. But it's, you know, it ends up just being a court. Okay. But court for, drama type thing. And uh, yeah, it's a bit formulaic. But Music for, box. for little it's me, okay. for little, little Christopher. Yeah. Um, none of this is important compared of, to right. what's about to happen <laughs> we're going with this. to little me. Because my parents were still pretty saccharine with the shit they took me to. 
but I got an uncle, and it's it's still sort of the 80s, and he drives around with a sob and sunglasses, nice. and cool. he's a little edgier, and takes me to weird places. Want to try a beer? It's your fucking 10th birthday. Let's do this. And, and my, again, my birthday won't be for two months. It's the second run theater, and I remember them taking my sister, and my sister got so scared at this movie that she had to be taken out by this his girlfriend that we barely knew, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and to look who's talking again. And I made, I, as a little kid, I made fun of my sister mercilessly mm-hmm. for not seeing this movie that, to me, I had never heard of and my uncle took me to in the second run theater for like 50 cents and I thought was one of the greatest films I've ever seen and this is to be fair how old was your sister she's seven okay seven's a little young yeah yeah Yeah. totally because I I don't is this a hard R no I believe it's a PG yeah so I like actually you know what let me double check that. I think it might be a hard R. I, I, if it is, it's we only for language. I know. I don't want to say what it is, is yet because no one was talking about this. This never hit number one at the box office. It was, but it hung around for a while, and uh, and, and but it got great reviews. So let it, leading me to believe, like when really? I got done looking at this, if I had the internet, like is it, does anybody care about this awesome unsung movie? It turns out yes. And that movie would be Tremors. Tremors. The wonderful, wonderful Tremors. Yeah. From the writers of Short Circuit comes another great, let's say, 80s film. Mm-hmm. I think we can classify this as an 80s yeah. film. Three weeks into oh, the 1990s. No, PG-13. Yeah, yeah. I thought it might have gone to R for swearing. Because they, they, every time they swear, they gave us a catchphrase. Pardon my French. Mm. <laughs> every time. Yes. Sorry. Fred Ward, Michael Gross, Reba McIntyre. And I'm doing this from memory. Uh, and, and Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon gets the top line credit. Fucking Tremors. That's how they get you. They're under the ground. What the hell are those things? I'm gonna eat a whole station wagon. But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these are local boys. You see, they're hated right force. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! Get penetration even with the alpha gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Megaworms or suckers or or suckwits. Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. I don't even remember how they got the word graboids. I got the name graboids. Because I don't think they say it in the hmm. movie. Huh. It, I think it comes in in the second movie. The second of like six made for video movies. Including a TV series, including a recently not picked up pilot starring Kevin Bacon that I think they released online. Kevin Bacon went back to Tremors. What? Yeah, like like two years ago to make a Tremor show for sci-fi. Poor God. But Tremors is just Jaws in the desert. Yeah. And what? it... It fucking it fucking rules. It fucking rules because it's it's a B movie that knows it's a B movie. It's got a nice light sense of humor. It's fun. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's scary, but mostly it's I'll call it a horror comedy. Yeah. Um, the effects are yeah. wonderful. <laughs> you know, and it's just a bunch of these rednecks out in the middle of the desert in Perfection, Nevada, dealing with yeah, just Dirt jaws. Dang worms. Alien dirt jaws that pick up on the small (laughs) vibrations you leave on the land. So if you're a little kid and you've played the floor as lava... That's what the movie becomes, like them trying to jump from one area <laughs> oh to the other. God, that is such it's, a good point. You're it, like, right. It's Flores Lava, the works. movie. This movie floored me because usually <laughs> I had some knowledge of what I was about to see. This is a Disney thing. Are you like, Care Bear, shut up for an hour. Uh, but th- this was like, this blew my fucking mind. And I love this movie forever. And and yeah. every every little kid I know who saw it loves it too. Like there's nobody who doesn't like Tremors after seeing it. It's super. 
it's so funny and charming in addition to being a decent schlock horror Jaws ripoff. And the effects are fucking rad. I will never yep. forget the enormous Graboids, A, being brought out of the ground. Uh, or B, fly, they get it. They get it to chase it to the edge of a cliff, and the, the thing doesn't have eyes, so it shoots out of the cliff and just splats to the ground Whoa. in an enormous explosion of blood. It's sorry for spoiling the ending, but there's there's a lot more fucking tremors for you yeah. if you yeah. really want and it. And there's like tentacles. Sometimes they used to like grab a guy. Yeah, and, yeah. It's like a moving sarlacc pit. Hmm. Uh, it's fucking awesome. And like, yeah. if you have not seen this movie. There's nothing I'll be able to recommend more for you in this episode. This is so yeah. fucking fun. You will absolutely enjoy it. No weed required, but it will help. Yep. How did and Reba McIntyre uh, get all mixed up in this? Is my question. She I don't was, know, but she's great. Yeah. I, I, well, one, she I think she wanted to show that she could act, but like on the countryside, she's uh-huh. like tearing it up. So yeah. there's a certain portion of America knows she's exactly who she is. Yeah. Yeah. She's getting yeah. there. And, 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 and Michael Gross introduced me to, I never heard of an elephant gun anymore, but I've never heard the name of a gun be like, I get it. I, I know what this is. You don't. It's an alt thirty five caliber. Like no, it's an elephant gun. Mm-hmm. That's why it almost flies out of his hand every time he tries to fire it at a fucking graboid. It's actually called yeah. that though because elephants invented it. Oh, nobody knows this. We but... never forgot to develop a big gun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I love that. You know, I I always love that. This is Family Ties has just ended, and it's like, oh, that sweet nature dad from Family Ties is just like the grossest redneck guy. Yeah. Well, I, I just think... love guns so fucking much and he comes back for like every sequel yes like Like, he's the through line fred ward comes back for the second kevin bacon doesn't and then michael gross is there with you like to the tv series airing exclusively on g4 the video game channel for one (laughs) season uh but but like my yeah michael gross would be in most of the canon of tremors uh, including a prequel there's a lot of tremors out there and and i think the only sad thing about it is while, while they're still fun uh, well, well, I think what you also have to mention is that um, this movie did okay at the box office. It's really interesting to read critic reviews of it because they're really good. Hmm. Uh, yeah. They seem yeah, to I, understand the movie. Wow. Yeah. There was uh, the other TV ad I found was one with just quotes from reviews of all saying this movie's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Shout out to Richard Schickel from Time who said this will be a classic. Yeah. Wow. Roger Ebert giving it three, uh, three and a half stars out of four. <laughs> So yeah. yes, and okay. that that fucking good. But so it like it it stuck around the box office through word of mouth, and then on home video it fucking ruined everything. This is where people mm-hmm. discover. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do a laser time episode about that. Things that kind of had an afterlife in a different medium, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I think Tremors is the first time I, I remember that happening because there's already a burgeoning like B movie home straight to video market. But people were talking about Tremors. Mm. Kids were talking about it in schoolyards. Adults who loved, <laughs> fell in love with B sci fi movies were talking about it. And boom, it just it found its audience eventually. And is now, I think, I think it's a revered classic. And I'm only judging that on the short lived format of HD DVD <laughs> that lost to <a> Blu ray. <laughs> I have Tremors on HD DVD. So one of the first movies Universal decided to release was Tremors in this new high definition format. Because it Sounds looks like it's a good bet. Really good. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things, like, I never get tired of watching. I love Tremors. God damn it. Pardon my French. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we'll move on uh, into the television in 1990. Uh, January 17th oh, to the 23rd. so much. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fox Network has expanded to five whole nights a week. You're fucked on the weekends. Oof. But wow. <laughs> five nights a week, and it's, I don't know, is it difficult? To th- I, I guess I grew up here, so I still think of Fox as, like, 
the up and comer, the mm-hmm. joke. It still takes mm-hmm. more risk than most other networks. Mm-hmm. The dirty channel. The dirty channel. The um, dirty network channel. Which is probably not fair <laughs> now, but like, yeah, yeah, it's five nights a week At now. At the time, it was pretty spicy. Thanks to The Simpsons and Married with Children. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 18th, Musty TV is in full swing. Oh, yes. With uh, Cheers. What is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) One of the best episodes of Cheers ever. So I don't know this. What's going on? Well, (gasps) you can probably guess from the title Cliff goes on Jeopardy. Oh. And I yeah. mean, he's known the for... fucking barstool know-it-all with yep. stupid, stupid trivia for everything. Mm-hmm. Finally, gets to go on Jeopardy, and it's he me. does <laughs> great for a while. Yeah, and then it gets. It, yeah, I don't it goes know that much of so a pressure. Well. I made him fucking Yogi Bear. I'm sorry, yeah. Cliff. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the, the, the when it gets on, everyone's nervous, and then they show all the the topics are all like stamps yeah. men and their mothers and celibacy yep <laughs> so he cleans up and then final jeopardy but, and I then imagine. final jeopardy then comes final jeopardy. the problem yep. we have a clip of it yeah mm. agnes what did you put down who are tony curtis Cary grant and lucille ball you're still very close uh-huh. but you're incorrect unfortunately and that means it's going to cost you 2900 that takes you down to 400 dollars, and it takes us to cliff Cliff, good news for you. Both of your opponents came up with incorrect responses. And what that means is that even if you're wrong, as long as you didn't do anything foolish like wager everything, you're a cinch winner. Well, then we, uh, we don't have to see my answer, do we there, Alex? Listen, we see at the uh, tournament of champions. <laughs> We're running out of time, and we are going to have to take a look at your response. You wrote down, who are three people who have never been in my kitchen? No. <laughs> The correct response is, what were the real names of Cary Grant, Tony Curtis, and Joan Crawford? Be that as it may, Alex, those people have never been in my kitchen. Well, it's all right. You don't have to worry. Unless you risk more than $21,600, you will be the new Jeopardy! champion. So let's take a look and see what your wager was. You bet 22,000 big ones. <laughs> you down to zero. You bet it all. Cliff, why would you do something like that? Because I knew that those people had never been in my kitchen. You can ask them. Come on, Tony Curtis is still alive. (laughs) (laughs) I love, in the context of the show, I don't have to explain how this game show works and who who Alex Trebek is. Oh, I love seeing the old-timey, the mustache. The mustache and uh, and the the pre-digital... The tube TVs yeah. that have the like, yeah, the writing the on it. The fucking Little League scoreboard numbers. And this show, this episode, that's where we got the Claven rule, which is do not like always be doing math, basically, and never mm. bet so much that even if everyone else loses, you would basically make sure you'll always win, yep. even if you're super far ahead. Okay. Okay. Yep. And then, then it's nice. It's not just he goes on Jeopardy, but at the end, then uh, Trebek comes to the bar and says, "You know, I thought about it, and technically, you're right." He so wasn't wrong. it made me think about what is truth. <laughs> and so I'm going to go to a monastery in Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, dig into the idea of what is truth, because technically, that's true. Who am I to decide what's wrong and what's right? Mm. Oof. And okay, the Golden Globes. Can we say that for last. The Golden Globes sure, of sure. 1990. Yeah. Um, SNL Saturday Night Live this week. I, yeah. I don't. Is it the first hosting duty of Christopher Walken? It is. I think it is. Yep. And uh, wow. with musical guest Bonnie Raitt, and Ooh. he and Walken is one of the few uh, at this point one of the few guest hosts who gets a recurring character mm-hmm. that recurred for so long. Phil Hartman does the intro to the Continental, mm-hmm. and 
And you heard that, I think, upwards of three times after Phil Hartman died. They mm. still used it as oh. Christopher Walken continued hosting. And The Continental is a great sketch that apparently uh, NBC doesn't want us to see the first one. Of. Yeah. Well, you and I both tried really hard to find that clip, but we could not. Yeah, we usually have an SNL resource that's sort of down at the moment. But, yeah, it sucks that we're at the fucking whim of what's officially available. Because yeah. it was instantly funny. If you don't know the sketch... I'm not sure how well it holds up right now, but it's still funny to me <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, the idea of a woman who's not allowed to leave the apartment of a suave continental man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is some? Let me pour you some champagne. Yeah, that's where yeah. that came from. Yeah, and uh, well, that he's talking down the barrel of the camera, like the camera is yes. a woman. Mm-hmm. We're, we are this woman that he's trying to romance. The silent Just makes woman. it like that extra weirdness to it. Yeah. Oh, when he dives like, in front it, of the it, door. It, yeah, where it's like, okay, if you had a woman like Jan Hooks is there playing a character, it's not half as funny. There's just something so funny about him trying to romance us, the audience. Mm-hmm. But, of course, he's doing all this to a cameraman. And there's, there's, there's if- something about it that should probably be played in, like, fucking HR meetings. Like, just well, putting you in the role of a harassed woman. Yeah, <laughs> and I wonder if that's not part of the effectiveness of it is that – uh, if you saw a woman in it, you would think like this woman may be in peril. Yeah. But since you are <laughs> looking down the barrel of it, and you are, it's in first person, basically. First of all, half the audience is men who would probably be thinking, "Oh, I would never be in this situation." That's what makes it so funny. Um, <laughs> You're right. Yeah, that would never happen to me. <laughs> um, but it just makes it a little bit less frightening i think in some weird way so what i and he has the line here it's one of my favorites ever come here my beautiful blue-eyed doe <laughs> <laughs> and 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 what is what i did find and i'd never seen before is they snl at some point before widescreen shot a behind the scenes of this I sketch saw that. so there's a lot of sketches on snl like especially fucking news pieces where people talk the camera or where the fuck jimmy fallon did with like uh, on a home video it's not but this was rare where like it is from the perspective of a person who never talks. And I don't know of another sketch like this. It went on for another 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I was only going to mention it because the, uh, the other sketch in this show that I vividly remember is a reference. What is the most famous Christopher Walken role in 1990? Is it Deer Hunter? Yeah. I, w- I would agree with you. But SNL writers apparently think it's the Dead Zone. Oh. And there's a Dead Zone oh. sketch that, that, that fucking kills... But he's the star of the Dead yeah, Zone. Yeah. But no one remembers the Dead Zone. There was a TV show of the Dead Zone that was critically like hailed that people don't remember from like the late nineties, two thousands that people still remember don't remember. That, yeah. Starring Anthony Michael Hall. That's right. Uh, but that's the the Continental rose above, and it's mm. it's it's a wonderful thing where an experimental thing like that gets rewarded. Because I remember watching Walken on SNL and thinking like, is this this is bad? Like he's clearly reading the cue cards. More clearly, like I didn't even think about cue cards until I watched Walken do it. Yeah. But I think that's part of the fun of it. A, an actor of his, I don't want to say caliber, more nature, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. doing comedy. It's it, it doesn't work, and that's why it works. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> anti-comedy, yeah. I would say. But and if you can find that behind-the-scenes video clip on, S- on uh, YouTube, YouTube yeah. it's very interesting to watch because you do see the camera person holding the camera a, so close, and then there's someone standing right next to the camera person holding up a tiny cue card. It might be Wally holding <clears throat> tiny cue cards yes. right above the lens. Right. So he's looking directly <laughs> into the lens. Yeah. 
And I Which never saw how I that worked before. I would have never thought of that. And like, I also like, yeah. how is this going to play to the live audience? Right. Like, and, exactly. And it gets laughs. It does. Is there like a giant video screen that that's projected yes. on? Okay. Yes, but so like people can see that but usually still, aren't where their be, eyes are. Right. Like there's I, there's a ton of jokes that w- don't work on SNL because they can't be framed correctly. Right. Right. Uh, and anyway. Uh, SNL Christopher Walken, he is one of like I think most people's top ten hosts, and it mm-hmm. happens for the first time this week. And Lord knows I don't know he what did he's it plugging seven times. Yeah, he's done it Just quite wild. a bit. Uh, and I, this is also hilarious. What talk about inauspicious beginnings? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> uh, a dynasty like MTV's Unplugged, which, which has been great. responsible for some of the best-selling albums of the '90s. You Absolutely. can go into Walmart and find Nirvana Unplugged yep. on vinyl tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Debuts this week with a band mm-hmm. called Squeeze. Squeeze. Yeah. Wait, is Squeeze tempted by the fruit of another? I don't know. Yes. Okay. But you can find. Wow, I am so proud of myself. The only one easily available <laughs> on impressive. YouTube is a song I call "Pulling Muscles from Michelle." Um, yeah, Michelle's got to pull her muscles off. What? <laughs> Pulling <laughs> muscles from Michelle, like like. Oh. The, that that song they're doing that song on unplugged. Gross. It is gross. It is dumb, and it's like, but the concept is there. They just didn't have the booking. Yeah. No offense to Squeeze, but like I was never curious what they sounded like without a synthesizer. I've had several MTV Unplugged albums yeah. over the years. I had does mine any, are probably all pretty embarrassing. Does though. anybody have another Ten Thousand Maniacs album? <laughs> I don't think they do. No. <laughs> but like, I don't know okay, you know what? I'm going to be very vulnerable. You might not have another Eric Clapton album. And tell you the uh, unplugged ones that I have. Oh, please. Okay. <laughs> Brian Adams. <laughs> okay. It was uh, the summer of 69. That's basically what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, Alanis Morissette. Okay. Right. Dashboard Confessional. Good. <laughs> Okay. That's one guy with an acoustic guitar. Why does he need to be on Unplugged? It's so good. For all the screams. I guess so. <laughs> I am right! <laughs> uh, but MTV's Unplugged debut was 30 years ago. Yeah. It's been gone for a while, but it was... It was oh, I had Lauren Hills, too. Oh, really? She had an Unplugged? Ooh, yeah. Interesting. It's good. Um, I really think the hats off yeah, go they, mostly to the band. And that, <laughs> yeah, they've attempted to bring it back like a couple times. So, oh no, it's coming back! Mm-hmm. No, not really. Uh, sort of come back. You know, bit of a bummer. Yeah, NPR's kind of taking that over now. Okay. And yeah, we have. A- I guess like the UK had one last year with Liam Gallagher, and sometimes they'll be on MTV too. But no, watermelon guy. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> No. Joke, joke, bad. Yeah, joke fine. Don't, don't, yeah, don't waddle in it. Joke fine. C minus. Um, and uh, an ABC TV movie, TV movie on the twenty first, starring Cheryl Adden, my cocaine, my cocaine, my cocaine. Sometimes when the moon gets full, I become a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and Jekyll and Hyde. Here's a little promo for you. Next Sunday. So chemicals do control the mind. Michael Caine. Alter the mind, and you alter the man. In the classic tale of a brilliant scientist. He was here, he was in this room. Becomes a victim of his own experiment. Look what he's done to me. Not one word of what happened in that house. Do you hear me or I'll kill you? Michael Caine and Cheryl Ladd. Somebody please help me! Okay. Okay. Oh. So, I have some thoughts. I have. First oh my of all, God, I have some thoughts too, but they have nothing to do with this. But I, anyway. <laughs> okay. So, the practical makeup effects on this are it's fucking actually, horrible. Well, they were it, 
The transition ones look okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The transition ones kind of remind me of American Werewolf in London. No. Ooh. Yeah. No, there's a little bit of bubbling well, on his face. Well, you were looking away when... He, I wasn't. This I was, is where I saw it you. It made me disgusted because the, my only complaint is, like, I recently saw the Lon Chaney Jekyll and Hyde, and he's doing his own makeup mm-hmm. and, like, moving mm-hmm. his face around, and he looks better than Michael Caine as Mr. Hyde. Well, that leads me to my second question of, has there ever been a good Jekyll and Hyde? I think we were talking about... Was that, like, a uh, fucking cause... hook version with Julia Roberts? Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, Mary Riley, <laughs> Mary, Riley. Mary Riley, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was much. about Frankenstein. No. Okay, no. just kidding. Um, there, BBC put out a Jekyll, or I think it was called Hyde or Jekyll, just one word. Right mm-hmm. around the same time, Sherlock was pretty popular, and I watched a couple episodes of that, and it was fine. Mm. But yeah, you want, I feel you want, like this is one of those stories that just. You can't want some raw truth? Raw truth. You ready? Okay. We don't need Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde after the werewolf. It is the same story, all right. and mm-hmm. we can all sympathize more with the wolf than a lecherous man. And there you go, because <laughs> lecherous man we being a, he's a pure creature of instinct. Like we have plenty of those. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> let's get a wolf in there. That's right. a good point. That's fine. And, you know, I was just thinking, this is what? Why is Robert Louis Stevenson suddenly the king of television? <laughs> TNT also has Robert Louis Stevenson this week with a TV movie of Treasure Island with baby Christian Bale and Charlton Heston and Oliver Reed. From Turner Home Entertainment, sail the high seas. All hands on deck! Battle bloodthirsty pirates. Dead men tell no tales. Search for buried treasure. We're going on a treasure hunt. <laughs> the adventure with Charlton Heston as the crafty buccaneer. Long John Silver. We want that treasure and we'll have it. One way or the other, that's our point. And Robert Louis Stevenson's epic tale, Treasure Island. I, I'm so saddened by this because I, I feel like this is like Charlton Heston's training day. I'm going to play the bad guy. Yes. And it still sucks. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Totally forgotten. He, like, he just looks like he's just saying the words. That's yeah. all he's doing. I got to get home and regulate. Good. Fine, put this parrot on my shoulder. <laughs> would it surprise you it's directed by his son? No, no it Ooh. would not. Also, director of Alaska. Yeah, that guy directed his dad in a couple yeah. things. Um, weird. Hmm. Yeah, directed Alaska also. And um, needful things. And again, I don't know if we're going to cover every Simpsons episode. Mm. Obviously, there's other podcasts that can do that in a more uh, vivid and colorful way. Mm. But I love the first season of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and I have a very good reason why this is important. Homer's Odyssey, directed by, I believe, Wes Archer, now a Rick and Morty director. Wonderful dude. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's so every episode of The Simpsons we have at this point will be a notable debut mm-hmm. by a beloved character known to billions, <laughs> including in this episode, the third. If you're counting the Christmas special, Jasper, uh, the old guy, Chief Wiggum, <laughs> uh, Man, and Sherry and Terry, the twins, who never really got a lot of play. Uh, they had a great gag. Wendell, I don't know if it's his first appearance, but I thought the gag of him throwing up the bus was amazing. Uh, <laughs> and Waylon Smithers, one of the greatest characters of the entire Simpsons. He gets his debut here. Albeit as an African American, yes. um, and I yep. believe it was an accident, mm-hmm. and they were a little on the upset side because, like, no, he's a toady white dude. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> it's a, this, <laughs> this, this, is says, a, this reads differently. Yes, yeah, and yeah. and it's the first time we hear Burns' name because uh-huh. he's uh, gives an announcement in uh, Simpsons roasting on an open fire, but they don't say his name. So, okay. Mister, like Mister Burns is a character kind of debuts here, which is super important. The uh, long standing. 
uh, Simpsons villain. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, what I love about this is that The Simpsons doesn't have a lot of canonical things. It is mostly a cartoon and things are reset and they do different things, but things always go back to the status quo at the end of the episode. This has a completely game-changing thing that will make sense when people... I've seen people try and pick apart aspects of the show like, why does Homer even have a job? This is why. Uh, In the first couple episodes of The Simpsons and the Tracy Ullman shorts... By the way, I think Sam McMurray is also a guest star. The one guy from the Tracy Ullman show who didn't have a permanent slot on The Simpsons... Why does Homer have the job as safety inspector? So he's just a random nuclear power plant employee. He gets fired. And in a rather a rather morbid moment, we see him trying to kill himself, like in, in, in the form of tying a rock to his neck and going to the bridge as people in the neighborhood laugh at him. <laughs> and he almost gets run over by uh, a driver. like, there should be a stop sign there. Takes the rock off, devotes himself to getting a stop sign there, and then doesn't stop. Becomes a safety advocate. So the reason why Homer has his job as the nuclear power plant safety inspector is because in this episode, he is leading a protest against the nuclear power plant and its unsafe rules. Wow. And Mr. Burns made, makes a deal with him. I hmm. want you to be in charge of safety here at the plant. Safety? But, sir, if truth be known, I actually cause more accidents around here than any other employee. Or even a few doozies no one ever found out about. The generous offer I'm making is good for exactly 30 seconds, Simpson. Me in charge of safety? This place could blow sky high. Nah. I'll concentrate on my work now. Gee, this guy's desk sure is big. I can't let Marge support the family. This guy's got the cleanest shirt I've ever seen. What should Simpson, I... time's up. Mm, what the hey, I'll take the job. Excellent. Your first duty will be to step out on the balcony and tell that crowd this plant is safe. What? Uh, does he sell out the movement that Ooh. he started uh, and to get the better job? And I love the compromise he manages to find while not being able to tell. He can't. He can't tell the everybody that the uh, nuclear power plant is safe, as we all know it is not. Uh, but he gets the job anyway by doing this. I can't do it, Mr. Burns. You mean you're willing to give up a good job and a raise just for your principles? Hmm. When you put it that way, it does sound a little far-fetched. But that's the look you're looking at. And I vow to continue spending every free minute I have crusading for safety. Of course, I'd have a lot less of those free minutes if you gave me the job. Hmm. You're not as stupid as you look. Or sound. Or our best testing indicates. (laughs) You've got the job. Now get to work. Bam. And so that is why, from the third episode, Homer has the job that okay. he has. From the, wow. uh, movement. Mr. Burns is sounding very hale and hearty there. Yeah, it, <laughs> looking at the episode, he's no more, excellent. Not there quite, yet. Hasn't his, quite gotten to the voice And his yet. office really is cool. so small and green, it's mm-hmm. inf- it'll be infuriating to a Simpsons fan. But again, this is why, what makes it fascinating, because one, it's a good episode. That's a that's a fucking. That's well written. That's that's, that's why Homer mm-hmm. has the job he doesn't deserve. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't go back out and turn people against the plants because he originally had the power to do so. There, there. Now you know. Don't ever say that again. Well, watching the Simpsons. Why does Homer even have that job? Now you know. Now say you Homer's know. Odyssey, no season excuse. one. Um. All right. And now on to the Golden Globes of this week. Uh, Ricky Gervais was not there to make us all laugh in the face of a yes. <laughs> celebrity. Not really mm. laughing so much as exhaling quietly through my nose. Yeah, <laughs> a couple good ones in there, but yeah. but I don't know who hosted this one. I don't even. Uh, the Beverly Hilton. Oh wait, that's the <laughs> a lot of times uh, the Golden Globes 
do not have a host. I, I don't remember. They, they, yeah. yeah. I think the secret is they don't need a host at all. Probably. Um, yeah. And they we'll don't do much. this year. But uh, Born on the Fourth of July has finally given Tom Cruise something to crow about. Uh, it's won Best Drama and Driving Miss Daisy wins Best Comedy or Musical. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Which is technically out, but we'll go into wide release uh, next week. We'll talk right. about it then. Yeah. And uh, Tom Cruise won Best Actor, too. Yeah. Awesome. What you know he's yep. been after. Michelle Pfeiffer, Fabulous Baker Boys, Morgan Freeman, uh, Driving Miss Daisy, Jessica Tandy, also winning an award alongside Morgan Freeman, uh, Denzel Washington in Glory. Uh, Glory, something my pa- my sister and mother saw being shot. Hmm. And Julie Roberts in Steel yeah. Magnolias. Oh, goodness. Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> Best score, <laughs> Little Mermaid. How about that, Alan Menken? Hell yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it on the way to the grave. Uh, and... <laughs> China Beach, we talked about that a long time ago, being celebrated years after its last episode was filmed. Uh, Murphy Brown, Best Comedy, Lonesome Dub, Best Miniseries. Oh, God, I don't even remember half these people. But Angela Lansbury winning the Best Actress for Murder, She Wrote on Television Drama. Ooh, Ted Danson for Best Actor in a Comedy, and Jamie Lee Curtis for Best Actress in a Comedy. From a comedy I've never heard of in my life. We talked about a little bit, Anything But Love. We talked about Anything But Love because it sounds like we're making it up, but it it happened. Because it has um, Richard Lewis. Her and Richard Lewis. I like Dean Stockwell taking it for Quantum Leap, supporting actor. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Who doesn't love it when Bob Duvall gets an award? Lonesome Dove. Never seen it. Don't plan on it. Mm -hmm. That about wraps up uh, 30, 2010 for the 90s. So we got to talk about music as we leave this wonderful, wonderful segment. What do we have here music-wise? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. Okay. Uh, Hank Ballard? I know Mm -hmm. who that is. I just want to see if you guys do. Hmm. (laughs) The country star? Songwriter, early country song. You're kidding me. Mm. A country star named no. Hank? Okay. Bobby Darren, who I do know, as are the Four Seasons and the Four Tops. All the Fours. Oh, wow. Uh, the Kinks, <laughs> uh, the Platters, Simon and Garfunkel, and the Who. And we also have some new releases from uh, Lone Wolf by Hank Williams Jr. and Stick It To You by Slaughter. And I was going to bring this up in the beginning just to, to juxtapose how weird the 90s are already starting out. Highest guy in the pop charts right now. Michael Bolton. Yes. Mm-hmm. I always thought this yes. was like some subsect of mom rock, but now, this was everywhere. Is this from Soul Provider, the album? Uh, probably. Okay. I mean, that was a huge hit. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> How is it spelled? <laughs> yes. It <laughs> uh, should have been called Mullet Madness. Yes. Yeah, I have to say I do have a soft spot for Michael Bolton. And, That's what he does. Uh, if you've ever been two bottles of wine drunk with me, I will have made you sing How Can We Be Lovers If We Can't Be Friends. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's right where that hits. Well, you'll be happy to know it's number one this week on the charts with How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? Beautiful. Uh, I didn't know he's a mad cinephile. That's the extent of my Michael Bolton. Though. Really? Yes. No. Good for him. Yeah. It's from the fucking Lonely Island song. Oh. Jesus. Well, yeah. wise up, well, Jeez, don't talk to me like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm your mother. <laughs> Do not use that tone with me. Don't talk to me like that. We're going into break. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just double check, make sure. Yeah, of course, it's from Soul Provider, and Soul Provider also includes his cover of Georgia on My Mind, which might be my least favorite cover yeah. of all time. How inappropriate! I hate his version of that so mm-hmm. much. Is it just so breathy and? It's one of the most soulless grunty. versions. It's just so well, that's, over the top. It's soulless because he already provided all of his soul to <laughs> exactly. you. And he but has nothing left to give. He's a soul provider. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just like, that is, Georgia on my mind is just sort of like a sweet, tender, little, 
sentimental song, and he does it as Georgia. Yeah. No peace. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be belted out by this constipated, gray-haired, mulatrocious asshole. Sorry, Michael. Bolton. Damn. Sorry, Michael Bolton. It, there was he there was a time to you. when the radio station I listened to changed formats, and he had another number one song. I said I loved you, but I lied, and I don't ever want to talk about it. So, in a world before fucking downloadable music, I had to listen to Michael Bolton all the time because they got rid of rock radio in my city. Hmm. So I will always yeah. hate Michael Bolton. Well, we'll close out with Michael Bolton, your mortal enemy. Uh, <laughs> and, and when we come back, it's time to talk the two thousands, and it's still a transition for me too. It's me, Diana, and thanks for listening to 302010. I hope you're enjoying the show. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up in 2000, and also 1990, 2010. I think it's better than 2009. So did you miss a name of a movie that we were raving about on 302010? Because we've been trying to get better at saying the title more than once, but if you completely miss the name, you want to find the movies we're recommending, you can check out our new profile on Likewise, likewise.com slash 302010. Likewise is an app that helps you find movies, TV, books, podcasts, even restaurants that you might like based on things you already like. And in the case of movies, it will tell you where you can stream them right now. That's probably like the big sell for me. I like anywhere where they will tell me where I can stream things because I will open up like seven different apps trying to figure out where it is, if it's HBO or Amazon or Netflix or whatever. So having one place that says, hey, you want to see this movie? Boom. Here's where you can see it. And also, here's other movies you might like based on that. It's all based on people's recommendations on Likewise. You could even recommend 302010 for your friends and family because you're super plugged in like that and people are always looking for new podcasts. Uh, you can download Likewise as an app or use it online, just on the web. Likewise app is at the Google Play Store. It's at the Apple App Store. You can check out all of our recommendations. We got a bunch of lists, including Classic Corner, which has more than 200 movies, all of which come with my stamp of approval at likewise.com slash 302010. That's 302010. Okay, back to the show. Coming in with He Can't Love You, four men uh, promising to be better than your boy- boyfriend by Jagged Edge. I-, I feel like I've never heard this, and it looks like, is this a, is this a mad TV sketch? <laughs> or- I know. It is so of the time. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that sort of, yeah, like boys to men did this, yeah. uh, sort of the slow jam, but the guys are all maybe wearing the same color, but different outfits. Shiny track shirts. Yeah. We're standing in the desert yeah. with 16 tons of leather collectively. Yeah. On. They're dressed, yeah. they're ba- basically all in track suits, just like the cast of The Sopranos. They Something they all have in common. They should have called their band Woo Woo Woo. And, uh, yeah, off of yep. J.E. Uh, Heartbreak. Check it out. I, I've been, like, doing some of the work for, like, all the different music for the, the next month or so, and I've hit a couple different times where I've started thinking about that Mr. Show sketch. Oh, yeah. 
Three times one minus one. Three times one minus one. Damn. You gotta hear the movie one. It's got a great one of my favorite lines in parody song history. Like a tiger in the night, I'll challenge your pussy to a fight. Uh, welcome to 2000, everyone. Look out, my pussy's got a knife. <laughs> <laughs> she knows how to use it without any hands. Uh, welcome to January 17th to the 23rd in the year 2000. Uh, we have new releases by Flying Saucer Attack, which should have all the earmarks of something I've heard of, yet I haven't, uh, with Mirror. And uh, Nightlife by Outsiders. What a Girl Wants by Christina Aguilera is still number one. And a, bit, a little bit of 2000 news that I scared up in the midst of almost nothing. Do do you remember how much the gatekeepers charged for the internet thinking that was a thing you had to charge for oh, back yeah. in the day? It's fucked up. Like, I, I think all, I'm just guessing, but all of our first experiences on the internet were through a paid service that you never needed. And as was mine, and Microsoft was offering a $400 rebate for access to the internet if you agreed to $21 a month, $21.95 a month, for a three-year deal. Oh, my. Right. My and goodness. I remember discovering, like, that Internet Explorer button does something. I don't have to use AOL yeah. to access the Internet. I remember. That was shocking. I'm not limited to what keywords AOL will show me because I started on Prodigy, which AOL seemed like a big <laughs> a big leap forward. Uh, but mm-hmm. at this point, there were – we can't even call these ISPs. You were paying someone else for the Internet or you were logging on with your fucking phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what were these people? <laughs> But I still don't know. I think they were called ISPs, yeah. but it's like almost unfair to the internet. Mm-hmm. No, the internet was always there and accessible through your computer with free software. But I remember even like getting Internet Explorer, like, ah, oh, finally, I can download a browser through Internet Explorer. If you didn't have that, how do you get on the internet? Yeah. Uh, it's a mystery. T- $22 a month. The, my cable bill is for less than that. Dial up. <laughs> for dial up. It's going to be dial up. And they're not giving you dial up. You already have it. It's just their interface, essentially. And there's also a bunch of news. Microsoft is making like enormous efforts to combat AOL with things like MSN at this point mm. and, and Messenger and all that stuff. Yep. Um, and uh, the government's going to sue them by the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. uh, well, let's move into the movies of 2000. Next Friday is still number one at the box office. Good for you, John <laughs> Witherspoon. Um, and yeah. Cradle Will Rock is a movie I know I've seen, but I have always been to see again. This is a very strange movie, I feel like. Well, I really like the mm-hmm. movies made by John Cusack and Tim Robbins because uh-huh. they have like the actors gang under the belt, and they tend to get a bunch of their friends involved. Oh. And when before the okay. DVDs were available, I bought uh, these Tenacious... Uh, I bought the Tenacious D show on VHS, and it came to distinguish it from the other bootlegs... The all these appearances of Jack and Kyle together. So I think Jack and Kyle are in this they movie are, yes. as ventriloquists. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm not being, ra- being tutored by Bill Murray. So yeah. Before you've ever heard of Tenacious D, mm-hmm. they are being tutored by Bill Murray. So okay, I had that correct. But mm-hmm. it's like this kind of this huge ensemble cast in an old timey movie. Um, a topic though that I had not ever seen explored before. What's that? Well, mm-hmm. it's what is it? The WPA. Yeah, yeah. The Works Progress Administration. Right. It's during, yeah, it's during the Depression mm-hmm. when the government created a bunch of programs just to keep people working so they have some money. Because mm-hmm. socialism. Ah, ah. And, uh, oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah. Communism just fell yeah. in the last segment. I mean, they, they sponsor stuff like artists and writers and playwrights and that keeps a bunch of, they, they're, they're job creators, damn it. 
I don't want my F-15 money paid for PBS. There, I said it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're so brave. Uh, but yeah, they hired playwrights to write plays and then mm-hmm. travel around the country and perform them, mm-hmm. especially for like school children. Very oh. exciting. Government cool. committed to you being happy and satisfied. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wild. Basically, Wild if you've stuff. ever been to uh, if you've ever been to a post office that has a mural, mm-hmm. it's probably from the WPA. Yes, they did a lot true. of stuff like that. Okay, so yeah, Cradle Will Rock uh, with a, a cast that includes, among others, Hank Azaria, Reuben Blade, Joan Cusack, Bill Murray, uh, Angus McFadden, Car- uh, Carrie Elwes, and Jack Black and Kyle Gass. It was a time when artists like Orson Welles, John Houseman and Diego Rivera were changing the rules. I'm Nelson Rockefeller. I've chosen your sketch to be included in the lobby the Rockefeller Center. And one new artist and his play were about to change their world. You have written something groundbreaking. Never before has an American musical dealt with social issues. But when Washington decided to shut them down... No one should be afraid of an idea! The real drama began. Our union has forbidden us from performing in this show. If we even go to that theater, we can lose our job. This music, I can't even. I can't even. Mm. But it's it is, pretty good. It's the directorial follow-up mm-hmm. from Tim Robbins after Bob Roberts, mm-hmm. which is a movie mm-hmm. I fucking love, and oh. not, not enough yeah. people talk about it. Fantastic mockumentary about a Republican folk singer running for Senate. It's really, it's really good. It's, it's, it's one of the mm-hmm. weirdest things that started as an SNL sketch huh. short film and also is jack black's debut but uh, but i yep. think people like me were looking forward like what's this tim robbins guy gonna do next and i couldn't really get this at all but i'd love to give it as did anybody actually see it recently i watched most of it mm-hmm. this weekend mm-hmm. um and yeah i thought it was great charming all yeah. the performances are really good and it is packed full also susan sarandon's mm-hmm. in it cherry jones oh his wife just yeah, nepotism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how many people are in this. But yeah, we they're all, all doing good, and they're all dressed yeah. in old tanner clothing. Back in the day, the only fans of Jack Black were Tim Robbins and, jo- and John Cusack. That's so wild. It's fucking <laughs> yeah. weird to think about. Yeah, he became famous in High Fidelity. Yeah, like <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, and he was in all their shit for like a decade before he hit it big. And yes, but yeah, I think uh, the Cradle Rock is okay, especially mm-hmm. if you're, you know, into something like uh, when I talked about me and Orson Welles. That piqued your interest. Mm-hmm. This goes well with it, and then it's also about Orson Welles and putting on a show and uh, struggling with like censorship and people trying to shut you down and all the different problems. And then alongside it is the story of uh, Diego Rivera and his giant mural for Rockefeller Center that um, explicitly endorsed communism. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Which is like kind of like the greatest fuck you. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it got countered with like an even worse fuck you by Nelson Rockefeller. So Mm. that's a fun story. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's not great. It's not wonderful, but it's fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. Cannot say the same for play to the bone, a movie I saw in movie theaters, but more Antonio Vendetta. It is. The only thing I remember about it is like, it's Lucy Liu, that up and coming actress, getting fucked really hard on screen, like for oh. a joke, uh, like, <laughs> like, like from behind at a gas station. Oh. I, I, that's literally the only thing I remember about it because I just hadn't seen Doggy Style that much in a in mainstream oh. Hollywood film. Okay. Uh, but uh. play to the bone, the story of uh, a, a road comedy with two boxers who are about to fight one another. They're best friends, aren't they? Yeah. BFFs. Mm-hmm. With the worst title of all time. Play to the bone. Yeah. Ugh. 
Two best friends. Do you ever think of fight on short notice? How short? short? One big problem. You guys never fought each other, right? No. Why are you fighting? I got a hundred grand for you guys split. Because they pay us. <laughs> They'll get one last shot at the title. Just back up, okay? If they don't kill each other first. Kiss mine. Well, I might do that because ever since you shave your head, you look so pretty. Play it to the bone. I just don't like you. Read it on. Start Oh, yes. Hey, I, 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 like I've scrubbed it from my memory. Do not great. care. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to look at that t- Antonio Banderas haircut. I would say the same thing for any, <laughs> almost any Freddie Prinze Jr. movie. <laughs> this one is also not <sighs> good. Uh, we it have... has so many people I like I in it. Why does this always do. terrible? I know. They always. Is this the one where they, they he goes on the Man Show? <laughs> yeah, this is the one where he drinks a bottle of shampoo because he misses his girlfriend so much. What? Blech. Holy shit! But not the one with uh, Kevin Smith in it. it. These are oh, these are so no. confusing. Yeah. Julia Stiles, Freddie Prinze Jr., Selma Blair, Ashton Kutcher, Rosario Dawson, and down to you. You were with a six-year-old woman last night. When you work in physical therapy. You make friends fast. All of Al's friends want him to be a player. We don't need love in our lives. No, he's totally cute, and he didn't bring me to a cheap restaurant either. My dad, he just likes to check in. But all he wants is the one who got away. I thought we had something special. My son Al, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta get her back. She's perfect for me. Freddie Prince Jr., Julia Stiles, down to you. This film is not yet rated. <laughs> Be rated shit. Yeah. It uh, does have the fawns in it. <laughs> the Winks? Yeah, he plays a TV chef. All right. But yeah, this is yeah. not good. No. It's basic it's very it feels very cynical. It's like mm. a mad libs of like romantic type movies that are like teenish but not. All my friends teens. are fucking everybody, but I don't want to for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can can I just go watch Ten Things I Hate About You again? Yes, yes. go do that. Yeah. Uh, that's a movie that I have no nostalgia for because I only watched it for the first time in my forties last year, <laughs> and I fucking loved it. And I just want to watch that over and over and think of Julia Stiles that way. Mm. I don't want to watch this shit. Now, uh, She's the, too smart in that movie to fall for the dork in this movie. The the next movie you have to talk about was this like a critical. Uh, breakthrough. I, I feel like I remember hearing about oh, this yeah. a lot, but I, it was not easily available for me to see in the year 2000. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, the the next two movies were big. Uh, I mean, they're awards bait, honestly, mm-hmm. they, and they're opening wide now, but they're actually from 1999, and uh, they're both really fucking good, really? and you should definitely watch them before you watch like anything else that we're talking about for 2000. Oh. Um, but the end of the affair. I mean, it's it's from a Grant Green novel. You know, it's all fancy pants people. They're fancy pants. <laughs> period dress problems, and it is so good. Who the devil am I going to go to the pool with? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, well, I figured once you started watching the trailer, Chris would just be like, "I'm out." Oh, yeah, you would all tap right. out fast. I mean, the, the cast gives me pause. Even though I like all these people individually, Jason Isaacs, mm. Stephen Ray, Julianne Moore, Riffins. Do I exist for you when you're with him? How can anyone be jealous of Henry? He has you. I don't. We inhabit the same house, that's all. You know that. In a time of war. If a bomb hit us now, that jealousy would end. Would that make you happy? Two people found a passion that was missing in their lives. Tell me again. I love you. From the I need somebody. I will pay someone $100 to prove to me this is not the English patient. <laughs> 
Prove it. It is way less very sandy. English patient. <laughs> it is World War Two instead of World War One. Okay. It is Ray finds pining after someone who's married. Okay. This one I like kind of more because I just like it feels more real as being like a bad relationship that you don't want to leave. Mm. You know, they, they're they're not good for each other. They're they're bad for each other. Like this is a bad situation, and they really should just get far away from each other. And yet their passion makes them come together, even though. They know that's self-destructive. I so. don't see why I need to watch this when Casablanca exists. Hmm. Do you really need another uh, World War II love story like that? Well, it's got sex scenes in it. Hey, holy shit, I'm back on board. <laughs> Julianne Moore being naked is one of my favorite things in 90s cinema. Stockings yeah. will be coming off. Ooh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what is that? Her yeah. line of book no, night? She can just... go ahead and go inside me. I'm fixed. Like, oh, <laughs> I almost came in the theater, Julianne Moore. Oh. Sorry, it's the way little uh. boys are. Uh, and yeah, no, I don't know. There's something about this uh, of just like having a bad relationship where it's like it's not that anyone is especially terrible and no one's hitting each other, but it's just like this is never going to work. Mm. Why am I still in this? Why am I doing this to myself? I know better than this. Like that's depicted really well, and that's something that you don't see a lot. And uh, the and ti- yeah, the- it's pretty sexy. End of the affair. The I like it. Title suggests an end. I like it. Can't go on forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, this exactly. movie, I'm pretty sure I saw. Hmm. And I then get... let's talk about one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, hmm. some Irish misery porn. Uh, yeah. I can't remember but, if and it's... And yet I would watch again. Which... Most depressing movies, I'm like, okay, I saw Precious, and now I never want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Hey. I, I can rewatch Angela's Ashes. I, I saw, I don't know what, what it was about Emily Watson, but I saw a ton of movies that she was in, and they, they do fall into depression porn, like a lot yeah. of them. Well, she was also mm. in Cradle Will Rock, which is Was she really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm. but like, not until like Punch yeah. Drunk Love, I'm like, it looks like you're having fun, thank yeah, God. Like, oh, yeah. goodness. No, that's true. <laughs> what, Breaking the Waves wasn't fun? That's the one I don't oh know God. if this is, uh, but I... <laughs> uh, which is the one where her, her husband asked her to go out and fuck people and tell them about it? Yeah, breaking the way. That's the one I was thinking of. That I definitely yeah. saw. Oh, yeah, that's oh definitely not happening in Angela's Ashes. Okay. <laughs> no. I feel like you just that was like an epic girl joke I don't get yet. That's totally not happening, Angela's Ashes. Well, we'll see with this trailer featuring Emily Watson, uh, Robert Carlyle, Michael Leggy? Sure. Carrie Condon. <laughs> Carrie Condon. Three years ago, a teacher from Brooklyn wrote the story of his childhood that was embraced by the whole world. Now, the Pulitzer Prize winning author Frank McCord says the film is the perfect realization of my book. It is everything I could have hoped for or imagined, and I sing its praises. Gene Shalit says it's an immediate Academy Award contender, a triumph. Angela's Ashes, an Alan Parker film, rated R. Thank you, Alan Parker. Angela's Ashes, what's it about? Chris don't know. You don't? No. I'm a boy. (laughs) The book was ubiquitous. Like, I'm a boy. It was everywhere. It was real. Like, if, the I book if I couldn't read it in Maxim Magazine, it wasn't happening in 2000. <laughs> it was the book that everyone read, read in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. It has escaped me because I try to stay hydrated and I don't have, think I have enough tears in my body. Oh. For this <laughs> I said the same thing about Cable and Deadpool back then, but I made it through. Oh. You, should, you should totally check it out. All right. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a story of uh, his upbringing in depression era ireland where um they are incredibly incredibly poor and there's too many fucking kids around and there's no real health care and the church is a bunch of assholes not the catholic Um, church 
Yeah, they do everything yeah. right. Leave them alone. Have oh, they suffered enough? Yeah, they they have. There's some. There is one particular scene of them. Basically, they go beg for food at the priest's house. Was mm. that a rectory? Is that what it's called? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like like their leftovers. The priests will like dump outside, and you eat, and you can take them. Uh. And it's like people are literally starving, and you're giving them like potato peels and being like yeah here you go you fuckers uh, just throwing it at them literally they cannot stop having children because no yep. birth control no not allowed not allowed yep. mm. yeah and then she finally says like we can't have any more children basically we can never have sex mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. we're done now and then dad leaves them <laughs> because cool. dad's down tough hawking cool 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 yeah but for something that should just be unending misery it does you know has some of that, like the hopefulness, the spark inside that's like, we're going to get through this somehow. Even though I'm so hungry, I will literally lick the newspaper that the fish and chips came in because I'm starving. I will marry a potato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make tater tots. <laughs> That's where tater tots come from. I'm canceling the show for yeah. an hour. And we can come back and do it later. I got to recover. From yeah, it. but it's <laughs> but it's also a movie. Like it's also a movie. It does have like some fun in it, some humor, some very you know coming of age sweetness, and it's it shot really pretty. Even though everything looks like it's covered in coal dust like all the time. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> no, it's sad. But it's not like well that ripped the shit out of me. I I'm gonna go home and cry now and. I never want to talk to a person ever again. Kind of sad. Okay. Well, that's good. I can handle yeah, that kind of sad. It's very good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Worth watching. If you don't want to sit and read the book and cry, you can watch the movie and cry. It's faster. Make, make yourself a shepherd's pie. Oh, I love shepherd's pie. I do too. It's like every food you're about to throw away, thrown into a stew. I mean, it's basically mm-hmm. like an old-timey KFC it's, it's basically, failure it, pile on a sadness No, ball. I don't think of it like that. I think of it if Richard Dreyfus from Close Encounters of the Third Kind made me dinner every night and then th- forgot about that he had to make me dinner and then threw peas and beef inside of his mashed potato mountain. It's delicious. Um, and the next movie... Uh. Is, you is, want to talk some more about the Irish? I, no. Let's talk some more about the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Irish people. You know what they should have done to those priests instead of eating their potatoes? Uh, they should have shot them in the fucking face. Oh, shot them in the fucking face. Hit them on the dick with a shillelagh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I can hear the sound of me being collectively fired over Twitter. Uh, and and <laughs> this is the most, most, the must-watch movie for all the wrong reasons, the yep, final yeah. movie on the list. Is this the week when it's out in theaters? Because I don't think I'd yeah. see this for another two years. Most if, people, yeah. this came, it came and went in theaters. Another one became a big, big hit on video. Ooh, and I love that it's, theme. we're so close to it being 10 years exactly from us talking about the incredibly terrible sequel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the Which unmerciful. Ta- talked about what, <sighs> like a month ago, something yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, the sequel's so fucking. Mad. And, which they they've, and they've the original is so dumb. Well, I, I think that we we discovered in a podcast. There's a new one has just been greenlit. Apparently, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, Stop uh, it! Um, Will our nightmare end? I don't think you're giving enough respect to Sir Sean Duffy. If that's his name, I forget. Um, Are you trying to say Shersha Ronan Shersha, from Lady No, <laughs> I'm talking about the director. Of Boondock Saints. And I think one of the things we realized uh, or that came to light, Boondock Saints had a great DP. So the mm. movie looks good it's and true. like a normal movie, but is mercilessly stupid. Yeah. And is like, yeah. 
if you cornered a toddler and like, hey, what do you think is cool? <laughs> I think this is cool and this is cool and this is cool. And when a guy spins around in circles and shoots people, that's cool. I think Bible verses are cool and, and so is vigilante justice. Wouldn't it be cool if you put the pennies on the eyes of everyone you shot when you shot 90 people? <laughs> and, and, and like a, just <laughs> stupid boy the movie. And, and like, <laughs> uh, uh, Boondock Saints. It, I've watched it a billion times. If you didn't listen, there's a Laser Time episode, Hi. Good Accompaniment. We did a show, what was it called? The, the Best Documentaries About Making a Movie. Mm-hmm. And Overnight mm-hmm. is one of the best movies of all time to show this spoiled, overall, chain-smoking fuck think he's the most important person in the universe by making an utterly unremarkable product, which would have done fine in that era, but he's also blackballed by Harvey Weinstein, who is the villain in the movie, yet now, like who you're supposed to be rooting against, but now like we're rooting against him for different. Are we rooting for Harvey Weinstein while watching this documentary? <laughs> this guy sucks. But, uh, nothing good but has come from that. blackballed the story. If you didn't hear the story I told then it was, it was blackballed by Harvey Weinstein was put into production. They bought this. Everybody wanted the next Tarantino and they right. assumed they would come from somewhere inner LA. So they bought up this dude who had this band with his friends and they all frequented a local bar. I'm Harvey Weinstein. I'm going to buy the bar for you and to sign you up to make this movie. And then it turns out you're an asshole and the movie goes in a turnaround. It takes forever to get going, but still is in some area of production uh, and finally gets made. But it's sort of like Harvey Weinstein has put the beacon out. Like this movie is poison. If you touch it, you're going to have a hard time dealing with me and the Disney folks. Whew. So most people don't and it doesn't get seen in theaters. It gets bought up as like a blockbuster exclusive either here or in Canada. And I remember not unlike Tremors, but it's like, but this never had a theatrical release for us. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth slowly going around and there's one copy at Blockbuster. And everyone like <laughs> Todd got a copy of Boondock Saints. Todd got it. Everyone over to his house because like we might not find this again in a non-streaming, no DVD world. It was just VHS at this point. Mm-hmm. And this movie was taught I, I can't remember a movie. This late in the game that was talked about so much that was unobtainable, mm. completely unobtainable, and that was mm. Boondock Saints, and it became a big hit on VHS. And if you watch the movie overnight, he signed away the <laughs> all this money he was going to get from video. He made nothing on the movie. Uh, Troy Duffy, that's his name, yep. not Sean Duffy. Troy Duffy, he's oh, he's capital suck. Maybe he's changed his tune. I don't know. But Boondock Saints, everyone, I have the movie almost memorized. What is it? Norman Reedus, Sean Patrick Flannery, and Willem Dafoe, and uh, Doc from Fraggle Rock. An FBI agent is on a case. All the low lowlifes in the quiet city of Boston start dropping dead, and you think it's unrelated. They're all bad guys. Now they're all dead bad guys. The victims are the mob. What we have here, gentlemen, is the beginning the first international mob war. And the hitmen think they're on a mission from God. Anybody you think is evil, don't you think that's a little weird, a little psycho? Sort of like 7-Eleven. We're not always doing business, but we're always open. That is nice. Not in this movie. That doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't make sense because mm. it all amounts to H and the fucking movie. And it's it just, it, it's a, it's a, the movie that celebrates hyper moralistic religious people mm-hmm. committing vigilante acts, mostly on mobsters and shit. So who's going to fucking mm-hmm. shed a tear and write yeah, the think so. piece? 
Oh, so it's okay, I guess, is the yeah. idea. Because it's like a cool macho thing to do. It's like if Reservoir Dogs was written by someone who took every wrong idea out of Fight Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, oh, it's te- that's a great way to put it's it. It's teen angst from a grown man that is so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. It's so, it's... Yeah. And the whole thing is hyper-stylized in a, in a very 99-2000 sort of way. It looks a lot like what MTV would look like. Constantly. Yeah. Stuff. Two so, untrained gunmen yeah. using two silencer guns t- with two hands at all times. The most inefficient way to shoot fucking anybody, even at close range, mm-hmm. happening in slow yeah. motion constantly to rock music. It is embarrassing. Oh, the Billy Connolly character's name is Il Duce. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I like our yeah. conceptions of. I mean, I guess you wouldn't necessarily call these guys hitmen, but they did in the trailer. The the yeah. conception of these guys versus are twenty years later thinking about Barry, how opposite those character types are. Maybe maybe a little. It's 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 more like a, a happier falling down. Yeah, that's a good point with the with being like falling down. It's a bunch of you know white guys who have grievances this time it's just with gangsters and they're just wouldn't it just be easier if we just kill these motherfuckers it's up to us to right society's wrongs (laughs) in slow motion (laughs) yeah and a lot of people like this they just like it a lot of people like it sort of ironically because it is so over the top but then re-watching a big chunk of this like the way that it's dated now like makes it extra funny for me where it's like Mm -hmm. this is it's a dumb watchable movie compared to the sequel, which is hilariously bad. Well, that's if you if you did, it's if like I did, a parody of this. If I didn't say it then, the sequel came out when, like ten years later, mm-hmm. two thousand nine. Yeah, I didn't know the first one was done, and then I'm watching the second one, I'm like, oh, my life. Like, what have, <laughs> what have I what have I done? I, I oh my god, I like the original movie. Oh my god, what was I thinking? It made it like it all like Kaiser Soze came to me how stupid the first movie was because of how bad the second movie is. Mm. Uh, but I had revered this for a very long time and championed it as along with a bunch of my friends. It's okay to grow and say you were wrong. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I don't even have a problem with a, a vigilante killing movie. Nah, this that's is fine. just raw stupid. Yeah. It's it, it's it's <laughs> It's hilarious. Like, it, like if you hate Napoleon Dynamite because it rips off fucking uh, uh, Wes Anderson, mm-hmm. this movie's ripping off fucking everything. It like has no yeah. original concept in its body and just steals. And, and if Willem Dafoe and Norman Reedus and like Sean Patrick Flannery weren't, weren't there to carry this garbage, oh, it man. would be completely unwatchable. Uh, but but they, there's a bunch of talented people involved for real. Uh, and I, I thought that the lesson was that it was the DP that sort of like brought this. This would have looked like shit and, mm-hmm. and the shit it was without a good DP on the first one. Do you think mm-hmm. that Willem Dafoe knew that this was bad and that's why his performance is what it is? Have you seen Willem Dafoe act before? You never know. I don't, it's true. I don't that's know if true, he ever actually. knows that. You never really know where he's going. But I know he'll give, he'll give everything all of him. He'll give a thing. That was <laughs> a fire fight! It's so ridiculous. Uh. I believe he, right after he sleeps with an Asian man, he calls him the F word and kicks him out of bed. Like, That's right. It's, it's, oh, yeah. I remember is... uh, so many guys in my dorm thinking that was just the height of edgy comedy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And, and I, I did, too. And, and I, I, I was there. I remember. Uh, and I, yeah, I'm not defending this like Fight Club at all because it is just it is, it is 
just humiliating <laughs> to be a part of this movie's success. It's okay. Uh, yeah, we learn, yeah. we grow. We Exactly. We and and I, I want to assume oh. Troy Duffy's oh. a different guy, but the documentary makes him look like a huge fucking prick. But it was the 90s, yeah. and he was bought a bar and given a million dollars in a record deal for a decent script. Yeah. Weird <laughs> times. Hey, and you know what? We have a really good understated Willem Dafoe performance coming next week in okay. a movie that oh. is like not streaming anywhere and it's pissing me off. Oh, it's mm. gotta be Spider-Man 2, right? <laughs> and, no. <laughs> no, it's a movie he pulls uh, an Oscar nomination for. Ooh. Ooh. Are you, it is, oh my, I don't want to think anymore okay, about this. It'll hurt my it feelings. After we are done recording. Yeah, off mic. Yeah. I hope it's not what I think it is. That'll humiliate me. But, uh, oh man. Oh man. TV of 2000, and I got thinking about this a lot after the death of uh, Neil, Neil Peart. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. Rush, which I yeah. finally learned how to pronounce his name. That's how you say mm-hmm. it? That's what Getty Lee said. Like, say Peart? ear, and then that's how you, it's like ear. Oh, Peart. Lord, have mercy. Neil well, Peart. I've been saying it wrong the whole time. I'm not sure I would have known who he was if not for, uh, oh my God, who's the third, How I Met Your Mother guy, Jason what? Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel's obsession for him in the show Freaks and Geeks. Yes. <laughs> and then later on in uh, I Love You, Man. <clears throat> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think Paul, like Paul Rudd and uh, uh, Jason did like Siegel did Siegel like a, did. a little essay or something. Like a real tribute yeah, to him because that scene of them becoming friends is great. This scene though is kind of the opposite of it. This week on the seventeenth we have Freaks and Geeks, and again I'm going to try not to talk about every episode. I think I've been doing a pretty good job, but there's so many episodes really of Freaks and Geeks and so many great scenes. And oh, so, man. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the episodes and realize. After we finish talking about this one, we need to talk about the one from last week. Okay. We skipped over my favorite one. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So, yeah, in this one, Lindsay and Jason Siegel's character, who's Nick. Name, Nick. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. They're kind of dating. They're kind of not. But he's really into her. And he, she's not as into him. She came into the group with a, fa- a clear fascination for James Franco. Right. He's not that interested. So she gets his friend. And she's also clearly not that interested. But, oh, boy, is he's Jason super into it. Which, by the way, is a friend dynamic that happened in high school. And I kind of forgot that that would happen. Like, you would have a crush on someone. Yes. They wouldn't be into you, but their friend would be there. And so you kind of just move your attentions to the friend mm-hmm. just to be there by proximity. That sounds like a lady so thing. Weird. But, but, but like, I, I re- was reading about it on the AV Club, and it's like, I think that's at its heart. That's why everybody can relate to it. We've yeah. all really liked someone who hasn't liked us back in the mm-hmm. same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that hurts, but you continue something, a relationship. Oh, it's <laughs> just, and they're just biding their time, sort mm-hmm. of, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has her over to his house, and he's trying to impress her, and he starts pouring his heart out. And so they're down in the basement, and. Oh. It's just Lady it's S, so won't you sweet. take this ride? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. So I pulled a little bit of the clip just so we could all <sighs> relive this childhood <sighs> sadness together. I, I've never had anybody like me this much to do this for me. Uh, but I almost did it to some other people. <laughs> I mean, there's some there's some buried notes out there. Yeah, oh. yeah. I I don't think I've ever been on the receiving Please end. Please watch like Freaks this. and Geeks. Yeah. Lindsay. This song says all the things that I haven't been able to say to you. It's a little corny, but I mean it. Lady, when you're with me, me, smiling. Give me, oh, 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 your love. Your hands, 
Build me up when I'm sinking. Touch me and my troubles all fade. It's you, Lindsay. Nothing about you and me should ever be rushed. I made that mistake before, but I'm not going to make it with you. We got time. We got all the time in the world. And you know why? Because you're my lady of the morning. God, I can't, I can't, I can't do any more on Mike anymore. It hurts. We're both squirmy. It hurts so Oh, so much. Yeah, I've done stuff like God. And Jason Jason (laughs) Siegel's performance is is so so wonderfully earnest and desperate. It's real. It's very real. Like, read the room. There's one person. (laughs) He's not liking this. And they're in his like little basement, and he's got candles. She's trapped. A scarf over the lamp. Fire hazard. Too much. He's trying. God damn it. He's trying. He's trying. Not like he didn't forgetting Sarah Marshall. It hurts. Yeah, I should mention uh, last week we missed on the 10th. That's the fake ID episode. No. Oh. I love that one. It's just got some, it's got so many fun guests. Jason Schwartzman's in it, Trace Ballou, and Joel Hodgson are on it. Kevin Corrigan as the sleazy guy they try to buy fake IDs from, who's got, instead of taking a picture and putting it on to a fake ID, he's got like the gigantic background that like, is a fake ID, and you just put your head where the photo's supposed to go. Yep, I remember seeing that, that and thinking, well, that was the is only, that the how only, they did it? Well, the only authentication process was lamination, so sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could do that. There weren't the yeah. holograms yet. Or, I'm sorry, kids, if you're listening, the upside down license plate to show that you're 21 on site. Oh. It, they, they print your shit vertical if you're under. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not old enough to have experienced that, or mm-hmm. young enough to have experienced nope. that. Freaks and Geeks is such a wonderful show. It's such a it's painful. So I don't know. For I guess maybe people like us, a, 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 a comically painful review of being that age, and and, mm-hmm. and the reason you just heard why it's not widely available is that fucking song. Because there's so many, so much like of the time music mm-hmm. in the show. That I think even when it came out on DVD, it was like ninety bucks uh, back in the day. Anyway, ugh, uh, save the bell, save by the bell, the new class finale. That's also this week. Goodbye. Wow, but hold, just that juxtaposition of people the same age. Yeah, by the way. that's true. Yeah, this is what you have. On a, these are both on NBC. Yeah. And and one is super real and remembered by everyone, and one is completely forgotten. Pap. Right. No, that's true. In your face, everyone. I prove Good that job, Paul right. Good job, Paul Fleek. Soapnet, the channel, debuts. Yeah. That's, Ooh. I don't know. I do thought it was old? interesting. I looked into I normally wouldn't want to talk about something like this because why? But I looked into I it do. a little bit, and it it was on for, I think, until 2013. Yeah. But then it turned into Disney Junior, I think. Um, mm. But it was really designed to show soap operas that mm-hmm. had aired like the week mm-hmm. for people who worked so that they could watch Did you accidentally their... get a job, lady? Yeah, they could watch their stories like early in the morning or in the evening when they got back. What a nice yeah. thing to do for but, people. But then, like imagine uh, imagine a show that's watched by millions of people. Mhm. 
we have milestones in soap operas that everyone remembers. Mm -hmm. There are no DVDs. There are no syndication. There is yeah. absolutely no way to go back and revisit that. And SoapNet, I think, had like some programming where you go see like great moments in shows that have been on for 40 fucking years. Yeah. And, and like mm -hmm. it's not – I don't – yeah, ha, ha, SoapNet. I get it. Mm -hmm. But it's more like – it makes me feel really old. Soap operas were really popular. They eventually got their own network. Then soap operas were no longer popular and lost their network. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Fuck me. But I just – soap operas are such a strange pop culture phenomenon yeah. that An I hour just – hour-long drama with thousands of episodes a decade. And yet – and like romance, mm -hmm. the romance genre, which is something I've been paying a lot of attention to recently because there's some interesting things going on in the romance world. Um, oh, is, Lord, there are. Ooh, that controversy <laughs> is wild. But anyways, um, soap, yeah. <laughs> soap operas, I think, have been pretty much denigrated because they're generally seen as women's entertainment. And mm -hmm. I would like to look more into that. I feel like that there's there's some real issues there's, there. There's a trashy end to soap operas that are supposed to keep people who are in the home watching television who were women. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't slight that as like. I mean, it's a format trying to find its legs with what little money they have. And these things have no fucking money behind mm -hmm. them they shoot the they, they shoot triple the amount of not only law and order but wwe raw every single week <laughs> and and somehow come up with compelling plots that get people to watch so right. it, it sounds silly when you describe it but so do comic books yes and and yeah, so i don't exactly. mean to shit on soap operas right and, and i don't think people should yeah. and those people those actors are fucking workhorses like they oh are God. They are doing more work than yeah. anyone else in show business, I feel like. I don't need the lens. I came with my own Vaseline. <laughs> Just I put know. it on my face directly. <laughs> it, it's a bummer. And, and, and when we try and research stuff like this, like I can go look up my favorite moments of most anything on mm -hmm. YouTube or like someone's written about it. And like it's rare for soap opera fans. Oh, like, yeah. It, There's wanna... a soap that my mom – I remember watching with my mom for like the short time – when I was a kid before she started working called Santa Barbara. And I've literally, it only lives in my memory and my mom's memory. Like I've never seen a frame of it yeah. since it's been off the air. Yeah. It's kind of sad to me. Yeah, yeah. Especially with how well the internet used to archive things, things are changing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Then speaking of which, <laughs> I remember this heavily marketed, uh, uh, I don't know what Fox. this is. It was yeah. a syndicated yeah. show for not only Fox, yep. but the new channels. Maybe you'll air this at 10 o'clock. Hercules is popular. Mm -hmm. Jack of all trades. It debuts in a block with Cleopatra 25. 25. Mm -hmm. But was trying yeah. to, I think, hit the same audience as Hercules and Xena. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Cleopatra 25, 25 is sort of like the fight. It's sort of like the, the future-y parts of the Matrix and if they're having to fight robots, flying robots that like control the Earth. And it stars Gina Torres. And Gina Torres is oh, awesome. Shit. Oh, she's great. Love her. Yep. Oh. From Firefly, everybody. Yeah, Firefly. Yeah. Uh, and the ride at Epcot, Mission Space. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she in that? Yes, the new one she's in. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yes, and uh, we're going to blow past the Golden Globes real quick to talk about The Sopranos. Do not resuscitate. Yes. Mm. Welcome mm. to <laughs> 2000. Hey, welcome to Sopranos Corner. You take your fucking shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> I made some gabagool. Made some gabagool. It's in the fridge. I can heat it up. <laughs> and I know, like being the age I was, I I'd never heard of this before. But as people in my life get older, I think about this episode because mm -hmm. it's a 
go right to life thing if you have power of attorney over someone with you. And that's not what the episode's about at all. Right. right? But uh, right. do not resuscitate is what the reference is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is another episode that we introduce a big character who's going to come into play a lot more. I want to cut together a clip of Bobby Baclieri. Bobby Bacala. Played by Steve. Real life uh, casino boss, mm-hmm. Steve Shrippa. That's right. And he is... The for years the most shit upon fucked about character, <laughs> big spoilers murdered ruthlessly. Yeah, but, before that he had to be married to Janice. But but uh. like but goes from a total whipping boy mm-hmm. into even though he doesn't appreciate it, like you've seen the series, mm-hmm. the only person Tony can depend on, the only person he can trust, and the most dependable worker there is out there. Constant, yeah. he's up every time. That's true, and and always shit upon because he's quiet. Mm-hmm. He de- he doesn't even have a guma. Uh, he's he's the closest to a good person. Yeah. I think yes. the entire fucking show. Yes, sorry, he's that kind was of thank sweet. you, Diana. That was yeah. one sentence. Uh, like he is the this Bobby Baklava is is literally the closest thing to a good person. This whole show, right? Maybe yeah. even Carmela. I don't he's know. Carmela's fine. Yeah, Carmela's. Uh, she look. I will defend Carmela mm-hmm. until I die. Okay, that mm-hmm. woman is doing the best she can yeah. under the circumstances. All the kids annoy the shit out of me at various yeah, the points. Kids are our kids. Uh, <laughs> but but like Bobby is kind of saintly in a character like I mean he's still only, ordering hits on people <laughs> only on the second the second but like they make him wear a fat suit in the first yeah that was a thing that I love I think it's time you should seriously consider silence because his <laughs> stomach his gut is unreal yeah. and it turns out it actually is unreal because the but he, here's an even sadder thing. Mm-hmm. The producers made him wear a fat suit until he eventually gained Gandalf? enough weight where they were like, nah, you're good. Okay, you match it. I want to oh, say it was so James God. Gandolfini had someone else to call fat. Well, that's the thing, too, is that I love <laughs> this he episode that he calls mm-hmm. him a fat fuck. And I love it when James Gandolfini, <laughs> when Tony Soprano is calling someone else fat. Like, right. really? Yeah. Really? Okay, okay. And I, I, I love his intro because he hates Bobby initially because he was part of Junior's crew, mm-hmm. uh, his 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 nephew or sorry his uncle that he just almost sort of took out in the previous season, blah yeah. blah blah. So he's technically on the the dying opposing side. Mm-hmm. So he's already at odds with Bobby. And I love here's their introduction, our, our introduction to Bobby as uh, viewers. A lot of funerals in your corner of the world, huh, Bobby? Fucking our boost. What you have to do? Refinance your house? Don't look at the floor, Bobby. Look at me. Now, Bobby, you're gonna hear some high end shit. And a I hope you can understand it. And B, I hope you keep it between this room and Junior. Because if you don't, I promise you, they're going to find pieces of you in eight different dumpsters. I inherited Junior. I don't think you got reason to talk to me this way. I always liked you. Bullshit. To the victor belongs the spoils. Why don't you get the fuck out of here before I shove your quotations book up your fat fucking ass? <laughs> <laughs> that was the same clip that I grabbed. Like, when, and then I was like, oh, are we going to do clips? Yeah, we're going to do clips. Because I love Bobby. so mean. <laughs> I love everything he says, everything yeah. he does. and I lo- He's like the only member you get to watch cry over and over oh, again. And yeah. he's the only character who gets to punch Tony in the face yes. and uh, live through Under it. Under the boardwalk. <laughs> <laughs> With all due respect, you're fucking out of line here, Tony. <laughs> fucking I can't wait to talk about that. a mob boss in defense of his wife, Bobby Bacleri. In is defense a of Janice, Janice, the worst. The worst person uh, in the universe. So 
<laughs> Getting ahead of ourselves. I hope you guys have seen The Sopranos. If not, just go ahead and buckle hit in because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so good. Well, get back in here, kids. I got a fun sound effect for something hitting Dreamcast right now. Hey, hey, come on over. Have some fun with Crazy Taxi. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh, we missed the Golden Globes. You want to go back and do oh, those? Oh, so, rewind. Crazy so taxi. I'm going to say crazy. Now, just let, let's just do it like this. No editing. Crazy Taxi okay. comes out of Dreamcast. It's the Dreamcast <laughs> second uh, highest selling game. It's an amazing franchise. I love it wow. so much. We will talk more what? about. Hmm. What's the highest selling game on uh, Dreamcast? It's probably Sonic Adventure because like it's 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 like uh, a little less than a year old. But like yeah. the, the big selling point of the Dreamcast was like, no, no, this is arcade perfect. This is the game you're playing in arcades, and uh. you're paying sixty dollars for it, and it's hard to wrap your head. Like once you get the hang of crazy tax, you can play it for fucking hours, but it has three songs, two of them by the offspring <laughs> and two of them by bad religion. And that's Ugh. how every time you start the game, yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it always starts. Uh, and if it doesn't have that song, it's not crazy taxi, in my opinion, but moving back in the golden globes of television, rewind, uh, of 2000, who we have. Yeah, here. We got golden globes every single segment this time. Usually right. like, Oh, there's one, one year where it's we'll talk about it next year. This year we do all the Golden Globes. I feel like it's like hitting a slot machine. <laughs> yeah, it exactly. is. Ding, ding, ding. And I sort of hate the Golden Globes, but it, you do get to see things you like win. And it's this amuse bush hey, for it, the Oscars. <laughs> American Beauty beating out the end of the affair, a movie that came out this week. <laughs> yep. No, but look at musical or comedy. Though. I know, like Ooh. Toy Holy Story shit. two. Being John Malkovich, Anal- being John Malkovich, obviously, and then some lighter. Man on the Moon, Notting Hill, Analyze This, and all of them getting beat by Toy Story 2. I know. I love the idea of Analyze mm. This, awesome. Man on the Moon, and Notting Hill not winning an award, just in general. Yeah. And then yeah. The, yeah. the fact that Toy but Story I'm, 2 walks home I'm with I'm mad it. about being John Malkovich. That movie, yeah, more people should know I, about I, it. I, I know. But, I'm sorry. I already yeah. talked about it, but I decided But uh, yeah. the, 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 the winners for actors and dramas, uh, Denzel Washington, The Hurricane, I can see it. Mm. Hillary yeah. Swank and Boys Don't Cry. Duh. The, duh. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey, Man on the Moon, fine. It's a it's a fine performance. Um, I don't know if it's up there with uh, Sean Penn and Sweet and Lowdown. Rupert Everett and an ideal husband. Uh, Sean Penn and Sweet and well, Lowdown. Hey, you want to go shoot rats at the idea. dump? Uh, <laughs> uh, I've never heard of Tumbleweeds, but I'm assuming it's a movie starring Janet mm-hmm. Gutierrez because she won for Best Actress in a Musical Comedy. Uh, yep. Supporting actor Tom Cruise, once again. Ooh, double Tom. Getting his Golden Globe, never his Oscar. Beating out My Cocaine and Michael Clark Duncan. And uh, Angelina Jolie for Girl Interrupted. Uh, ooh, that's a forecast. Yeah. Um, best Director, Sam Mendes, American Beauty. And Best Screenplay, Alan Ball, uh, American Beauty as well. Look, people liked American Beauty. It's, I guess so. It's nice for us culturally to consider ourselves young and having moved past a thing. I like it. Yeah. I like it. American Beauty isn't that bad. And yeah, it's not Sopranos that bad. went for Best TV Series. This is HBO's... Absolute reign over the fucking oh, uh, like yeah. awards. Oh, yeah. Sopranos and Sex in the City take yeah. both. Mm-hmm. And Gandolfini and Falco. Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker all win. Holy shit. Michael J. Fox for Sprint City. That's yeah. pretty cool. One, okay. <laughs> Nancy Marchand wins. Halle Berry as Dorothy Dandridge wins. Oh, yeah. Wow. I remember that. RK281 wins. A yeah. movie you can't buy <laughs> wins yeah. best, best miniseries of television film. Again, if you want to see RKO281, and I love it. The story yep. of Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. It's on the the big special edition of Citizen Kane. It's included with Citizen oh, Kane. Oh, cool! It's very expensive, <laughs> like to buy that collector's <laughs> edition. Mm. Uh, okay, so closing out the Golden Globes and the games. Let's get the fuck out of two thousand, yeah, shall yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we gotta oh. get out of here because that's the way it is. <laughs> uh, only Sorry? Elvis can tell me that's the way it Dion. is. 
Celine Dijon. Celine Dion is on the charts this week, so let's go out with, uh, I don't know, Queen Canada. We'll be back in the 2010s, and I didn't even mess that up, huh? This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. So this is where we decide what the best movies of 2019 were, according to the people you've been listening to all year. Like, middle of the road one that was like, I kind of want to give a shout out to Rocket Man because I was expecting the same music biopic I've seen a million times. I was expecting Bohemian Rhapsody Part 2. You'll never record a song in a duck costume out and it'll never happen! <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show all of Britain. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> Here, I wrote your song. Your song, huh? Hmm. The yeah. yellow brick road will be around forever and no one will immortalize its disappearance. In- <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look out for that chair. It's it's rocking. Don't rock it, man. <laughs> Crocodiles yeah. will always play jazz in this town. <laughs> and I will never feel the love. Not tonight and not ever. <laughs> I want my Chinese food with no Alan Rice. <laughs> and he will never be paired with the Jets. <laughs> Only submarines for Benny. (laughs) (laughs) And and honestly, there were a a couple of those moments here. (laughs) That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of January 17th through 23rd, oh, a diversity of things to talk about. Let's start with uh, some history. 75 years ago this week, uh, January 17th, is the last known appearance, I guess, of Raoul Wallenberg, who might be the best person who ever lived. He was a uh, a Swedish emissary to the Third Reich, and he helped save somewhere around 100,000 people by being the ballsiest man alive. Uh, He was really good at figuring out that, oh, Nazis and fascists, they're really good at taking orders. So if you just, like, are a big, tall, white guy, and you just walk up to him and tell him to do something, they tend to do it. And so he saved a fuck ton of people that way. Uh, unfortunately, he was disappeared by the Soviets as they rolled into Hungary, and he probably died in a Soviet gulag a, a couple years later. But please read up on Raoul Wallenberg, possibly the most inspirational person I've I've ever heard of. The war is going not well for the Nazis right now, 75 years ago this week. The Soviets are rolling into East Prussia, which means we are heading towards the end. And if you know anything about World War II history, it's a real bad time. It's a real, real bad time. Uh, Oh my God, it's bad. So 
let's move on to something a little bit more pleasant. 70 years ago this week, 1950, saw the release of Gun Crazy, which is kind of an obscure indie movie. It's kind of like a late noir, and it feels sort of handmade sometimes, and a little bit cobbled together, but it is a ton of fun. It's about like a Bonnie and Clyde type couple, and it doesn't get the recognition it, I think it deserves, just because it is so, yeah, just sort of handmade, you know? It's a little amateurish, but it's really good. So I want to recommend that as a good movie, but I also want to recommend one of my favorite bad movies of all time. 50 years ago this week, January 22nd, 1970, saw the release of Elvis's last movie, uh, like fiction movie, Change of Habit, starring Elvis as a really groovy inner city doctor named John Carpenter. Get it? Who's trying to help the folks and kind of clashing with also sort of like groovy, hip with it, nun Mary Tyler Moore, which is like Mary Tyler Moore always comes across as like so driven and having her shit together. And the idea that she would become a nun instead of like a senator is so weird. But Mary Tyler Moore is like trying to help the people in the ghetto and also sort of attracted to groovy Dr. Elvis. And it's all about will she will she pick the king or the king? Oh, also, uh, I should mention the Change of Habit might be the first movie I've ever seen that mentions autism, that there's a kid who, who has autism. But uh, unfortunately, in this movie, it is caused by having inner rage and it can be cured with aggressive hugs. So not exactly medically accurate. Change of Habit, it is super fun in a, in a very modern way, not in a cheesy old Elvis way, but in a more, like, hip 1970s way. So I totally recommend Change of Habit if you want a good bad movie, and Gun Crazy if you want a good crime movie. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. That rock hanging in there in the 2010s uh, with Motion City Soundtrack uh, disappear off of My Dinosaur Life, which I don't appreciate stealing my autobiography title. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to 2010, January 17th to the 23rd, and I am getting congested again. When will the sickness be through my body? Find out. Patreon.com slash laser time is on a mission to make sure I have health insurance. Uh, (laughs) New releases the week of uh, January 17th to 23rd. Music-wise... These new Puritans, great band name, haven't heard of them, mm. uh, with Hidden, uh, End Times by Eels. I hope that's their last album. <laughs> uh, uh, Nova Kane for the career. And uh, uh, Astro Coast by Server Blood and The Sea by Corinne Bailey Ray. I think I pronounced that all okay. You did great. TikTok by Kesha is still number one, and I can't wait to mention when that becomes the Simpsons intro, because uh, <laughs> I... I've heard Simpsons fans complain about that, but the Simpsons once a year should do a music video with a very popular song. Yeah. They, they've only done it with Kesha's TikTok. That's weird. Okay. But it's super yeah. fun, whether you like the song or not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a little bit of more Chris-centric news. I thought it'd be fun to mention. Uh, on this day, this week, uh, 10 years ago, the liberal radio network Air America shuts down, leaving only oh. NPR... And nothing else mm. <laughs> in terms of mm. having a, a leftist view on things. Uh, I instantly was a giant fan of this. Got introduced to Rachel Maddow and Mark Marin mm-hmm. uh, through this. Uh, and not saying anything. I don't like Joe Biden right now. Right. But I liked him 
back in the day because he was the funniest elected official I have ever heard on anything. Hmm. And none of this is archived. And he would end up talking to Maurice LaMarche doing The Brain and Bradley Whitford playing an evil senator on Al Franken's live shows. It was fucking hysterical. It, these are things that happened and are almost – the only evidence you have that it existed is uh, Laura Ambrose listening to Mark Maron's Morning Sedition oh, yeah. in one episode of Six Feet Under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the program you just described also sounds like something that could be from the future as well. Dude, it, was, it wasn't just like one guy ranting at like, the elves in his head. It was right. like – it was well-produced, funny shit with characters in it. I really liked it even though obviously it's you know skews – Towards my worldview, but mm-hmm. it was it was also trying to be funny. Hired comedians and has a whole documentary about it called "Left of the Dial." Oh, uh, and and so it's it, I think it is significant to mention it was a, a nationwide syndicated thing, and now literally that is na- nationwide syndicated radio is just in the hands of crazy right wing evil people. <laughs> Your Alex Joneses and whatnot. Uh, so it, it is a bummer that that doesn't exist, even though you smug liberal don't care. I hear what you're saying. Uh, so moving into the movies. Of uh, 2010, January 17th to the 23rd, Avatar is still number one and will probably be for one more day, hmm. if I remember hmm. correctly. Not a lot of people saw Avatar, and even fewer people liked it. And uh, will never, <laughs> no one will ever speak of it again until yes. about a month ago. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like that's so, so many people hated my rant about it because... It was one of the few things that united society in saying, like, Avatar's <laughs> overrated, right? Like, I don't know, maybe. Like, <laughs> like we go see a lot must, of garbage still. Must we re- reopen these wounds? <laughs> I know, I know. But I, I'm just we saying, know. I think that was the only thing universally agreed upon is that it's not terrible, but we don't like it anymore. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. all right. And, uh, <laughs> fine. But let's talk about The Boys Are Back with Clive Owen, a man who was a movie star. Right? Why? What <laughs> happened to him? I, I love Clive Owen. Me too. I, yeah. I loved him. He was, loved him in Closer. Closer. Children S- of Men. Sin City. Mm-hmm. Children of Men, one of the best fucking movies of the entire decade. Yes. Uh, and, and then now I think he's on like a Cinemax series that I'll never watch. The Nick. The Nick. He's on The Nick, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'll just go um, Yeah. No, the, the Boys Are Back, I think, is an Australian movie mm-hmm. uh, where... And it got actually really good reviews, but it just did not get released much here uh, about Clive Owen. Uh, his second wife dies and he is trying to like bring his kid from his first marriage together with the kid from his second marriage and like pull the family together. But it's tough because there's, you know, tension with old family and new family and abandoning the first family, I guess. And uh, yeah, it got really strong reviews. Yeah. I remember just, seeing the like a family drama, but. We never, we didn't really get it here. None of those words like were Thin Lizzy biopic, mm. so <laughs> I don't care. I want to see the story of the rock and his black band in the universe. <laughs> um, uh, the Tillman story is also out this week. <sighs> Oof. Yeah, I'm gonna guess um, this is about Tillman. It's about Pat Tillman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fuck is Pat? T- is that a football? Football? He's a football. He's man. a football. He's a yep. football man. Uh, Arizona Cardinal, after 9-11, he left the NFL and left all that money behind so that he could join the military, uh, got sent to Afghanistan, oh, died in man. a friendly fire incident, and then it was covered up. Ooh. And this is all about that. And how, yeah, the government tried to, you know, it's really hard to spin that propaganda that way. And they, like, hid shit from his family. And it is a... Great documentary that will make you really want members of the Bush administration to stand trial for stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is all on YouTube right now. Oh, oh shit. Okay. 
Yeah, someone put it up. It's under the Pat Tillman story on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But if you see something that's an hour and a half uh, and it opens with, unfortunately, the Weinstein Company logo, Mm. that's it. It is a hell of a story. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a a story that's like it sounds like I'm making it up, but Mm. it it really happened and it is infuriating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really well done documentary. You know, sometimes you'll lose that coin talk. All right, I'm not going to close the segment of the sportscaster. I apologize. Um, Creation is another movie that's out. Paul Bettany, Jennifer Colony, yeah. Co- Colony, Connolly, yeah, uh, Connolly. Uh, they're married. <laughs> they are. Are they really? And they put yes. married people's into movie. Yep, they did. Jennifer Connolly, the most beautiful woman in the world, is not available. No, sorry. I have no reason to want to be involved in the show or show business. Cross it off the Jennifer list. Connolly rules. Uh, and and oh, early role from Benedict Cumberbatch and not Toby Jones, Teresa Crutcher. Whatever. Here's the trailer creation. In the beginning, it was just a simple idea. Question yep. God, we're ready for that in 2010. Finally, Oof. yeah. Well, this came out in the UK. It came out everywhere, and they came out in the US last. And one of the things they said was they were having some trouble getting a distributor because it's a movie about Charles Darwin. Unbelievable. That is because bonkers. that's how fucking backwards we are. I don't know if that's true or they were just being cautious, whatever. But it's about Charles Darwin, but it's more about his relationship with his family, specifically his wife, and uh, you know, the this is. Calling into question religious belief, the idea of evolution. Although I think they go, I think they can go together. Mm-hmm. God I, creates I, evolution. There, we're done. I think it's a ridiculous side that re- <clears throat> super religious people have chosen to win the fight on evolution. Even though, yo, know, if you live in the Northwest, there's a fish coming out of the water and killing your pets. Mm-hmm. You can see evolution <laughs> in front of your fucking face. Yeah. There's no reason to deny it. You shouldn't. There's nothing to win here. Yeah. Why Why are we fighting about we fighting? this? And yeah. I, I was in a place yeah, in Georgia this Christmas. Like the last time I was here, there was a giant fight to teach evolution in schools, mm-hmm. and they lost. Oh. And My then, hometown is is host to the Creation Museum Jesus and Christ. theme park. I mean, Ooh. Yeah. I think the theme park might be defunct now, but you can still oh, see no. the, um, the action figures outside of a homeschool store. Right down the street from where my... I always consider creationists oh, like... Boy. Are, my old... Is there a water slide called Dinosaurs Were Hidden There by Satan to Confuse Us? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Easter eggs from a malevolent, malevolent bunny. I always consider creationists sort of like... A, 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 oh, I lost the joke. My bad. No, Let's okay. move on. Yeah. Um, but uh, Yeah, no, I mean, the movie is supposed to be fine. You know, it's, it's going to hit all your biopic notes and it's yeah. going to be fine. But uh, Charles Darwin, a man I admittedly don't know a lot about, yeah. and I learn about yeah. him through like other books that talk about him, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know anything about him. Yeah, so but, I guess if you need something of a primer, yeah, there you go. You know, watch Creation. Um, but definitely not extraordinary measures. Nope, yeah. no one likes this. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this. So this whole 2010 segment for movies are all movies I definitely saw the trailer for. Right. 
and then mm-hmm. nothing else. Mm-hmm. They just kind of went away. I confused this with the Hugh Grant Gene Hackman. Yes, me uh, too. Right. Movie. Me too, which I would prefer to watch. Brendan Fraser, Harrison Ford, and uh, Star Wars Rise of, Rise of the Skywalker scared us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's how we know, right? Yeah. Saw our face in that. Don't. Extraordinary Measures. Determined to save his kids. I can't sit around and wait for my kids to die. Driven to prove his theories. I did the science. You make the sale. Two men, one mission. Brendan Fraser. And what if he succeeds too late? Do what? Harrison Ford. Sail, Mary. Extraordinary measures. Rated. Oh, that looks fucking. Oh, so this fucking maudlin. This is what gets grouchy old Harrison Ford into acting. Like, he doesn't do many things anymore, <laughs> I right? If you, I know. If you need a cheesy traditional movie, yeah. you go get cheesy traditional people. Okay. Uh, Brendan Fraser. Well, he's going to be in Call of the Wild next, so. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I mean, it just, it sounds like it's Lorenzo's Oil again, but yeah. Lorenzo's Oil is pretty good. Yeah, and I that, like that Yeah, one. it's about parents working with a researcher on the, the problem, the affliction or disease or whatever it is that their kids have, and they're trying to save their kids so they're working together. I, I, I hope people still get the Lorenzo's Oil reference because I remember watching that movie <laughs> when my parents rented it and like, I think I like adult things now. This is so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and they're both based last. on true stories. Lorenzo's Oil is also about, yeah, a mm-hmm. kid has a genetic problem and the parents, uh, like the medical establishment's given up on them. So the parents basically go off and do their own research and, and figure out a way to save them. Okay. Same movie. And a Don't movie care. not about the X-Men, not to be confused, you X- <sighs> FX fans out there, but Paul Bettany. Not to be confused with TV shows called this, or a 1998 made-for-TV mm-hmm. show called this, or a Hard Mass to Effect character. Other movies. God. Paul so Bettany, Dennis Quaid, Tyrese Gibson, John Tini, Charles S. Dutton, Adrian uh, Palicki, and Lucas Black. Whoa, and Legion. You mind telling us what we're fighting? Angels. Until last night, I was one of them. Are you here to protect us? No, not you. Her. Why me? Because your child is the only hope humanity has of surviving. It'll all be over soon. Wow. Yep, definitely remember that trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul, Paul Bettany is like I wanted to say that in the previous trailer. There's a guy I learned about backwards that I'd mm-hmm. seen in a bunch of movies, but didn't know his name until he was the voice of Jarvis I feel in like, a Marvel movie. I feel like Paul Bettany has a complicated relationship with religion because Ooh. he's hey. in this, he's in Darwin, he's that weird monk in um, the Robert Landon um, oh, Da Vinci yeah. Code. Da Vinci Code. Yep. I, I have a reason. It's very simple. You're not going to like it. I think he also plays a monk in a Willem Dafoe movie where he joins a troupe of traveling actors. Sounds like The Lighthouse. Yeah. Oh. I feel like Paul <laughs> Bettany has a real theme to his stuff. Because he looks like a priest. <laughs> yeah. That is it. Yeah, no, that's right. That is it. I like, think you're right. Mildly receding hairline, skinny yeah. as fuck for no reason. Pale. Yep, pale. You look mm-hmm. like a priest. Looks like a priest. Okay, well, we solved it. <laughs> I did. Case Sometimes closed. It's easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, most reviews didn't like Legion. I think it has something of a small cult. Just, I like the idea that it's like a, a it's like an Alamo movie. It's the, they're holed up in this diner and they're being attacked by these horrible supernatural creatures and stuff. It's like, okay, anything where people are pretty much in one location and there's mm-hmm. horror stuff going on. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Like ragtag groups of strangers thrown, thrown together for fighting off the, Whatever. What mm-hmm. Night of Living Dead fan won't like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. 
And Overall, yeah, but it did get a spinoff TV show that ran for two seasons. Did it really? Not called Legion, because that's a different show. So confusing. Hmm. What was the show what called? What was the spinoff? Dominion on sci oh. I hate not having okay. heard of TV shows. Whole TV shows. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and, and this just infuriates <sighs> me. But we talked about it last week in, in, in that like occasionally an action star who's covered in soot and harnesses wants to do something where they don't have to hurt yeah. themselves. Or pay a stunt double. Yeah, and John Cena is in that mode apparently yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. Sh- I'll show my butt in a movie. Just don't make me do any stunts. Yeah. Like, uh, let me be in this comedy. Uh, and such was the case with Dwayne Tarrock Johnson in this movie with Billy Crystal, Chase Ellison, Julie Andrews, Ashley Judd, and Stephen Merchant. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> Wild obviously, crew. Obviously, like you had to see this, you have to be a giant thirty-year-old rock fan or a baby. Can you imagine how quiet and sedate that whole set must have been with all these people? Well, Everyone I, just goes back to their trailer for tea. I, I <laughs> very, very just tranquil. Okay, nobody's see, pulling pranks, George I, Clooney style. I was always thinking that there's some asshole out there. Who is good at pitching people like Vin Diesel and The Rock on, like, it's time for your kindergarten cop. Mm-hmm. Everyone's seeing you yes. do action. Everyone's chasing that high. And, like, only Arnold got a kindergarten cop. That's true. None of these comedy family movies from mm-hmm. uh, from famous action stars have really ever worked again. Such is the case with The Tooth Fairy. The Tooth Fairy. The meanest man in hockey. Raise your right hand. I swear to perform the duties of a tooth fairy. Is about to discover. Get him into flying school. <laughs> Oh, you better not know anything. Put me down! In order to succeed... Shrinking pace. Invisibility spray. Nice! You have to believe. Cataway. This thing will come in very handy. You're not exactly embracing the Tooth Fairy spirit. Are you kidding me? I'm embracing it, all right. But I'm doing it. My way. That's a tooth fairy and hockey pads. Ew, ew, ew. ew. I'm very squeamish <laughs> about teeth coming out oh, of people. I don't like to see a tooth or a missing tooth. I don't like any of I'm it. Sucking my teeth right now. Just mm. Thinking about the rock holding one the size of a football. <laughs> not a fan. Oof. Tooth fairy is not for us. That's okay. Nope. Um, yeah. It's fine that it exists, but. I don't know. I've never heard anybody say anything nice about these types of movies. They're just filler until better movies get to the theater. <laughs> Television. <laughs> Speaking of uh, filler, 17th of January through the 23rd, 2010, Steve Harvey named the host of Family Feud. Yes. And, and a new era of reaction gifts has <laughs> has dawned. <laughs> There is a time. There's like a period of like 48 hours where I would only reply to you in text with Steve Harvey gifts, <laughs> and you went. Know it worked pretty well. Yeah, only only after the woman yells farts <laughs> for a Steve Harvey. Okay, I Steve cannot- Harvey is. He is a very interesting character. I want to do a community style uh, community college class. Steve Harvey, good or evil? <laughs> is this good or bad for us? I don't know. Okay. He's a. I think he's a form of good and only bad things uh, at this point. Yeah, he's chaotic good. And he's a good stand-up. I do like. I do mm-hmm. like a stand-up. He started out as like a host at Showtime at the Apollo, yeah. which kind of mm. I think was perfect training for this. Now that is <laughs> family. It dude. all makes sense now, right? That that is a hard job, and you got to be fast. Yeah, you got to think on your feet, or else they will rip you to shreds. 
right. an affable man. I remember your fucking husband when we were really young. We were mm-hmm. watching Kings of Comedy, and Sam just said, "Look at this silly motherfucker in his digital hairline." <laughs> And, and and I was like, whoa, is that that's fake? And then like all of a sudden Steve Harvey just stopped caring and like, yeah, I'm bald. And like but he wore the silliest the silliest like nineties flat top wig. Yeah. Like, it, and, yeah. It, it looked ridiculous. And this is in, in standard definition era. Ooh, that's rough. You know, he's given us so much though. Yes. So when I was researching for this episode, I fell down a hole of Family Feud compilations. And gosh oh. darn it, did was I not God laughing damn. my buns I off? I recommend the Vic Burger. Steve Harvey doesn't want this job anymore. Uh, it is. It's so funny. I'm Tally sorry. <laughs> it's so good. This one lady said it was like, "What would you barter your husband for?" And this one lady like slammed in, really excited, like first one in, and she said, "Bread." <laughs> and Steve Harvey looked at his feet and then the camera for 45 yes, minutes, and yes. the audience died. Yes, but you know what? It was pretty funny. I mean, you gotta have you gotta have something to make those facial oh. expressions. And then let's also not forget he also gave us the indelible moment of announcing oh. the wrong Miss Universe oh. winner, oh, which I had forgotten about, and then I was reminded today. And God bless. I only that he apologized from his like the the upper tier pool deck <laughs> of his billionaire estate, which is also something that makes me laugh, even though I should hate him for it. I know. Oh. You know what? <clears throat> Good on we you, all make Steve mistakes. Harvey. I can do a yeah. transition here. Yeah, you say people's names wrong all the time. Right. So. And I did in person oh. with this man, uh, uh, Andy Whitf- uh, Whitfield. Whitfield. Yep. And, I, and, I, and like, um, I had a British boss named, uh, similar name, so I kept, I have, this man was the nicest person to me, mm-hmm. I want to say. But I, I mispronounced his name, and he very sternly corrected me in the middle oh. of an interview. And that is the man who played Spartacus. Sporadicus? Sporadicus. <laughs> a show that is objectively silly. And- yes. Oh, yeah. And oh, also... very silly. Okay. Checking out the different promos for this. Very sexual. Yeah. It's like fucking oh. Game well, of Thrones was- double oh, X It stars wanting to have 300 this show. Yeah. And then I remember yeah. asking my British boss, and I can never do this justice, and like... How was the show? He's like, it's not good. Like, why? He's like, have you ever seen a man walk through the seasons of the year? (laughs) Yes, on Notting Hill. Walk through the seasons. Oh, it made us laugh so fucking much. Uh, But he was so nice, and he's no longer with us. Yeah, Uh, that's right. We lost him to leukemia, and the show was very, very high rated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think they had to shoot the next season without him, and they had to do like a a spinoff prequely thing Mm -hmm. to shoot it without him with the regular cast. And it looked like he was going to bounce back. He looked, he was in astonishing shape when I met him. Got a big hug from him. Such a nice guy. I fucking, I don't know any other celebrity that has died this early Mm. who I had a personal contact with. And he was. Yeah, Andy Whitfield, uh, yeah, he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, like, right after the show debuted. Right. And, yeah, Spartacus Blood and Sand goes two seasons. He died of lymphoma in uh, 2011. Mm -hmm. And then then it becomes uh, Spartacus Gods of the Arena, so it's sort of a spinoff? Sort of? (sighs) Um, I would say this show was extremely silly. I watched a couple episodes, but it also had the most dong 
of any show in Ooh. history. Well, you know what? Good for it. I mean, like the I'm true home in. to the worst programming of all time mm-hmm. is Showtime. Showtime has the this worst stars. shows. I know, but Showtime stars has bad shows, but yeah. they're like fucking go for it. Yeah, that's true. They yeah. always go for it. Yeah, and uh, and, and I, I appreciate that. Showtime does not understand what it's doing. Showtime sucks. They yeah. feel like they're like they're like forced <laughs> forced. They feel like they're four fucks away from being on CBS. Showtime is like the Genji Cohan of premium tra- <laughs> uh, channels. It only has two good seasons of every show. And I say that having mm-hmm. just gotten to, into the show Shameless. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which I'm going to have to tell. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up on the show from here on out. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what? There's like 15 seasons. 11. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 11 starting last year, but yeah. yeah. Okay, it's, all right. It's interesting. A uh, uh, filthy Roseanne. You down? Sorry, this is about Spartacus. Here's a promo. <laughs> <laughs> you are destined for great. Shadow of Rome is vast, and you will yet die under it to the roar of the crowd. Why are you here? Because I trusted in the honor of Rome. Just, yeah, it's but it, just it reminds me of the our, dialogue you think it's going to be. Our brief fascination with like, I want to see nothing but Romans after Gladiator and 300, right. and then they bring out Rome and <laughs> this and like, we don't really We're good. want to see this on a regular basis. Rome Are you crazy? was pretty good. Rome the show. Rome yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Rome no. was real good. Rome was pretty expensive. True. Rome was incredibly expensive. True, which is weird because everyone was shirtless and sand. <laughs> like, what are they paying for? Mostly CG columns. Oh, okay. Some banners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but this has Lucy Lawless in it. So. You're right. Oh, okay. Eventually, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, oh. but extremely silly. But yeah, it's that's a sad story. I mean, yeah, it's a show, I, I just, and it's a big old hit. And then you know you're in the time, prime of your life, and then you just fucking die. I, I want. That's not how it's supposed to happen. I wanted to relate because, like, I had to view interview Andy Andy uh, Whitfield like um, for a magazine on an emergency thing in Comic Con. Like, can you be at Andy Whitfield's hotel in one hour? Like, yeah, I guess. And uh, and he was super fucking nice, and he was dead a fucking year later. He was, uh, like I, I'm just so bummed about that. That is, um, and I just want to give the the dude himself a shout out because he was like super cool, and I could not tell how ripped he was underneath his flannel. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he looked just like me for a second, but you know, symmetrical and pretty. Uh, and um, <laughs> on also the twenty second, it's the Hope for Haiti. Uh, now, Hope for Haiti. Hope now. for Haiti now. Hope yeah. for Haiti now telethon, which I thought we had listed last week, and I don't think we even mentioned. The Haiti earthquake. Of I thought we did. Oh, I thought we did the week beforehand. Oh, okay, but uh, it was off. Quick Mike. recap: <laughs> uh, January twelfth, there was a seven point oh earthquake uh, in Haiti, not far from the capital, Port-au-Prince. And Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. It's somewhere between one hundred fifty thousand and three hundred thousand people died. Yep. We're not entirely sure how many. And does that include the cholera epidemic that obviously happens right after you disrupt the water and sanitation? Uh, some, in some areas, something like 90% of buildings were destroyed. Mm. It's uh, catastrophic. Yeah. So uh, we had a, a big telethon with a fucking ton of celebrities, and they raised $58 million. It's impressive. Yes. It was on uh, well, every this, channel. Was it produced by yep. MTV? I saw this attributed to specifically MTV as a, on a production level. Mm. Doesn't matter. George Clooney's hosting Maybe. with Wyclef John as music director because he's yeah. fucking Haitian. He's Haitian. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's a it's a good thing. I I I hate that American story of like 
your government won't come to your aid for your health care or, or disaster bailout. Yes. But people do. Mm-hmm. And here we are again. Yeah. Uh, people yeah. uh, people caring enough to raise like 60 million bucks. for. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard not to like that story. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, the only channel that wasn't showing it was Sci-Fi because they were airing Ooh. Caprica. Which I watched twice, and okay. I don't remember anything but it's Eric Stoltz. It's the prequel to Battlestar Galactica. And I think Eric Stoltz ah. was building Cylons, and, mm-hmm. and that was that was what happened. And yeah. it, like, it like got picked. It didn't get picked up, and then it did, and mm-hmm. it went one season. Yeah, I mean, I was into Battlesca- Battlestar oh. Galactica. Battleskull. <laughs> Battleskull. Um, at the same time, everyone was, and then I forgot about it. At the same time, everyone else forgot about it. And so Caprica was something that I was... Oh, I'll check this out, and I don't think I made it past the first. It was. I, I thought it was a bold decision on Sci-Fi's part, and I, I have to imagine it was mostly a Ronald Moore like four seasons. That's all I'm doing because mm-hmm. they clearly wanted more. It was like the highest rated thing Sci-Fi yes. had ever had. Yeah, and and they were spinning their wheels trying to come up with something else to do in this universe. Right, and this probably wasn't it. But like the the show isn't even that tight. But like it's a good four seasons. You mm-hmm. can watch this mm-hmm. over the period of like a couple weeks, and it's a satisfying. Reviewing, I will say. Now's the time. I don't. Do I play the clip here? Because it, it made Sarah cry last time I did. I think I can. I think I can handle it right now. Uh, you can because yeah, the last Conan O'Brien Tonight Show, and I remember, like I remember my uncle taking me to Tremors. Mm-hmm. I remember being in a car to Tahoe, screaming at the top of my lungs at my friend Ruthie to hurry the fuck up and get to our destination because I was assured I would be able to see Conan's last Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Which ends mm. with uh, Will Ferrell and Jack White doing Freebird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a notification on Facebook that mm. was like, hey, this is what you were up to 10 years ago. And that is when I turned my profile picture to I Stand with Coco. Yeah, where I had my Obama <laughs> Hope picture with yeah. Conan. And it, I, like I said, I was way more active in what was happening with Conan than I was in politics. Mm-hmm, me too. And uh, uh, we did a whole episode about the whole saga of this. And. I think Conan made a wonderful move. Like, I'm. What? What's the story? Uh, Jay Leno was moved to ten o'clock mm-hmm. as basically an effort, so NBC would not have to compete against Jay Leno if he went to another network. So mm-hmm. they gave him a prime time slot, and they ruined their whole ratings. They really did. Mm-hmm. They fucked up. It was a bad they decision. They didn't give Conan O'Brien a chance. They well, they yeah, for, well, they forgot that most of the people who watch Tonight's Show are non-appointment viewing alcoholics mm-hmm. who are tuning in after the news. And, and and sort of just want to see something funny. People who tune in at 10 o'clock are used to ER and Law and & Order in a well-scripted show. Not Jay's like, hey, aren't people dumb on the streets? This mm-hmm. is so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it's shat- – like NBC, from what I've read, has not recovered from this decision because they owned 10 o'clock mm-hmm. uh, for a very long – and it, there's all these other streaming things to consider. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Jay Leno decision really doomed them. And, and I don't envy their position either because – Jay Leno was important, which we don't know. He could have gone to CBS. He could have gone to ABC or Fox and taken all their thunder away from Conan. And it would have been, he would have been canceled as well. Mm-hmm. But the decision was made to move the, the Jay Leno show to half an hour before Conan, stretching to the Tonight Show into tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And people care about the Tonight Show. I don't really get it either. It's not. Well, it's just an institution. It's it just is, always been there. It is, and it's something Conan wanted and thought like, "Fuck this! This is too much. I, I'm step. I will step away," and decided to step away from the Tonight Show rather than cause any more chaos. 
and I, I thought it had a great last show. Tom Hanks came out, revealed he came up with the nickname Coco mm-hmm. uh, tonight on That's the 22nd. Right. Uh, when he yep. Conan was a writer in SNL, because Tom Hanks is one of the few people like, well, I'll help with the writing until 4 a.m. This seems fun. Because uh, yep. Tom Hanks rules. And then ahead of that, I mean, after the announcement, it's like, okay, Conan, Conan's leaving and Jay Leno's going to take the Tonight Show back. Mm-hmm. The whole week leading up to this oh was God. so goddamn funny mm-hmm. because it just was the running gag of, like, I'm leaving, so I'm going to waste NBC's money. Mm-hmm. I, I hate and so. I, I, that's when you had the Bugatti Mouse, the, their new character. The yes, the, the <laughs> prototype Bugatti Mouse, the Smithsonian sloth, spring, uh, spring beluga caviar on a Picasso. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I love the Bugatti Mouse. He was a wonderful character whose theme song was the master recording of "Satisfaction" by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> that's which right. Means- uh, the whole bit cost one and a half million dollars. I remember the silver bait him, and then they got the Kentucky <laughs> Derby winner, Mind That Bird, mm-hmm. to sit there and watch restricted Super Bowl footage, <laughs> <laughs> making for the most expensive sketch ever. And Conan had to come out because now the age of the internet is here. It's not real. We didn't buy the real horse, the real slot. Yeah. God damn it, internet. Uh, yeah, of course they didn't. And uh, but his 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 goodbye. I think I'm going to play it, Sarah. You going to be okay? I think. I'm gonna try to hold it together. Okay, but it's a it's a it's, a, it. it's a great goodbye and it's great advice and it's after mm-hmm. he not only like I'll miss this. We're gonna keep our staff together. Thank you to NBC for all the times we had. Thank you to Lauren Michaels who somehow had faith in me to become a talk show host. Conan means the world to me. So I really like. I want to play the sentiment to you guys who listen to us because uh, I don't know. You mean the world to us. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not gonna get too mushy about it. Say goodbye, Conan. Um, there's been a lot of speculation in the press about what I legally can and can't say about NBC. And this isn't a joke, to set the record straight, and this is true, tonight I'm allowed to say anything I want. Um, And no, it's not a joke, uh, but thanks, sir. Uh, Tonight I really am allowed to say whatever I want, and and what I want to say is this. Between my time at Saturday Night Live, the late night show, and my brief run here on The Tonight Show, I've worked with NBC for over 20 years. Yes, we have our differences right now. Yes, we're going our separate ways. But this company has been my home for most of my adult life. I am enormously proud of the work we've done together. And I want to thank NBC for making it all possible. I really do. Um, Here's what all of you have done. You made a sad situation joyous and inspirational. So to all the people watching, I can never, ever Thank you enough for the kindness to me. I'll think about it for the rest of my life. And all I ask is one thing, and this is, I'm asking this particularly of young people that watch. Please do not be cynical. I hate cynicism. For the record, it's my least favorite quality. It doesn't lead anywhere. Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. But if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you. It's- <laughs> Did it get you again? Yes. Uh, <laughs> me too. It's me too. I'm there. I don't. I don't know. I grew up. Conan was kind of a, a the way my parents would talk about Letterman is the way me and my buddies would talk about Conan. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I follow. Well, he had it eight months. Hey, yeah. that's eight months longer than I've hosted on that show. Uh, it's true, and uh, Conan landed on his feet doing something really fun, and like I think yeah. is now, yeah, no one. Also, it, it, they had 
to buy out his contract, so he walked off with something like forty-five million dollars. That's true. Yeah. Which which <laughs> which which a lot of it went to his production company to help pay people in the down yeah. period they weren't allowed to work because Conan's a great dude. Mm-hmm. But it is it is important to remember, and I hate giving real advice on on this show, but like. Yeah, kindness and hard work. It's mm-hmm. all good. Like I thought I would I got a degree in film and I do podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh it, this is not exactly what I thought would happen, but uh it's okay. Yeah. And 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 so is TBS apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for Conan. Yeah. Uh like he kind of got out with a good contract before network television died. Woo! <laughs> and for you Conan, I'm wiping off the here's a way. Don't um, mock. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. It happens to me too. It was very hard for me to talk after that. Uh, I love that speech. It's one of my favorite goodbyes ever. Because yeah, we didn't know it wasn't a goodbye, and we didn't know where he would land. And I was lucky enough to get tickets to his not allowed to be on television tour, mm-hmm. and I did. <laughs> and the idea that like I haven't seen Conan in five months, and we don't know where he's going, and then his whole band shows up, plays Curtis Mayfield's "Move On Up," and he jumps out in the crowd with a guitar. That makes me misty too, because I got to see that yeah. live like That's just amazing. a few months later. Mm. Oh, it's time for the Golden Globes. Da, 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 da. One more time. One more time for the Golden Globes. Um, and wait, who is our? Do we have a host I this think year? This might be. We have Gervais. Oh, oh yeah, no! This might be... So he's done it four yeah. times in ten years. Mm, yeah, that sounds about right. All right. This is his first time, right? I, I want to say. Pretty sure it is. Yeah. Because Every time it's been his last time. odd we were. Like, look at him. He's drinking. He's so mm-hmm. irreverent. I like it. <laughs> his I, I, look, I'm still, I'm still, I was going to talk about it on bonus time. I don't understand part of the outrage over his jokes. Uh, I don't think anyone's outraged about his jokes per se, right? I don't know. I think they just don't think like him. Just, they just don't, people just don't like him anymore because he's kind of revealed himself to be a dick. Yeah. I think, well, he's, he's into that, like, we all agree on the same thing, but you're in that Bill Maher camp of too smug to be around. Yeah, and, and like also, <laughs> no, we know. Like you're not shocking us with what you're saying now. <laughs> I thought his Jeffrey Epstein joke was hilarious. I know he's your friend. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, okay, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty good. I thought a lot of it was pretty funny. Yeah. Some of it was, mm, but but it was especially at this point. Uh, you live in a world of internet snark and. This guy kind of talks like you, mm. so I remember yes. this being yes, momentous. That's the best way to put it, yeah, a hundred percent. And he's drinking a beer too. Yeah, uh, didn't he try and like take it away from Mel Gibson? <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, drama Avatar, everyone's favorite oh. drama of that year, wins over Fishy. Hurt Locker and Glorious Bastards, Precious and Up in the Air, and The Hangover takes Best Musical or Comedy. Sorry, <laughs> I wanted to, <laughs> wanted to leave some confusion. Sure, because <laughs> Five Hundred Days yep. of Summer had some musical moments. That's in true. It. So did Nine. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges takes yeah. it for Crazy Heart. Yeah, apparently Golden Globe fucking loved Nine, and the rest of us, no. Yeah, no, no. no, we didn't. Yeah, no. I had to suffer through it. My sister was in the play. Uh, Jeff Bridges wins again for Crazy Heart, a movie I still have no interest in seeing, mm. beating out a bunch of people. Yeah, it's fine. We, we still got it in a couple weeks, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, ooh, this is, yeah, uh, wins yeah. for The Blind Side. Another forecast, Robert Downey Jr. winning for Sherlock Holmes. I wish what this I wish this award was this dead. Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's a split vote between Matt Damon and the informant and Michael Stuhlbarg and a serious man. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. only rationale I can have. Joseph Gordon Levin in five hundred days of summer is pretty good. Daniel Day Lewis in nine whatever. I didn't yeah. like that movie. Did we? But come the fuck on. We haven't covered The Informant yet, have we? We did. We did? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, it's on Netflix, and I don't want to... I recently watched that movie. Yeah? While I was driving. 
Um, <laughs> okay, odd choice, but go on. It's excellent, and yes, no one gives so it the good. credit it deserves. It's it's so. It's it so might be funny. my favorite Matt Damon role ever. He's oh, such yeah. a fucking stooge. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. such a fucking weirdo. <laughs> it's uh, true. It's so much fun. Uh, I, I watched. I wanted to watch that movie again yesterday and had to be talked out of it. Mm. Like, uh, The Informant is great. He should have won. Matt Damon should have won for that. Uh, Meryl yeah. Streep wins for Julia and Julia. It's hard to get excited about Meryl Streep being acknowledged for being a great actress at this point. Yeah. Uh, I um, loved her as Julia Child, so. Uh, but I don't think I give it to Julia Roberts for duplicity or Meryl Streep for It's Complicated, who she yeah. was running against. Mm. <laughs> Double nominated. Okay. Christoph Waltz wins for actor. Uh, I don't think you can argue that for mm. Co- Colonel Hans Landa. Ooh, yep. it's a bingo. Uh, and, and Monique wins for actress, another forecast. The Oscars, best director, James Cameron. Best screenplay, J- Jason Reitman. Sheldon Turner up in the air. Great screenplay yeah, there. Love him. Best original score, Michael Giacchino for Up. That is a phenomenal yeah. score. It is Fuck, really yeah. excellent. Weary Heart, Crazy Heart, Up for Animated <laughs> White. I, I don't want to say full words anymore. Uh, Mad Men wins for Drama. Glee wins for musical or comedy or both, which they were. Yeah. Yay. Dexter wins for Dexter. Annie. The good wife wins for the good wife. That's true. <laughs> uh, Jack Donaghy wins for 30, for 30 Rock for Best Comedic Actor. Tony Collette, United States of Terra. Kevin Bacon, Taking Chance, a thing I've never seen. Huh. Uh, Drew Barrymore for Grey Gardens, <laughs> playing uh, uh, Marge namesake, Edith Bouvier. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And John Litgow win, also wins for John Litgow and Dexter was fucking yeah. rad. Before I shit on Dexter again, yep. which I will because Showtime's the worst network of all. True. Uh, John Litgow's a serial killer was some cold ass shit. It was like, ugh, I feel dirty. John <laughs> Litgow's a good serial killer. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Chloe Sevigny takes it for uh, actress in a television miniseries, blah, 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 for Big Love. And. Yep. Uh, which. Well deserved. She was yeah. so good on that show. She was. Yeah, I bounced up the first couple episodes. I'll take your word for it. And best miniseries or television film, Grey Gardens, over yeah. a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Cool. Yep. I'll, yes, happy. Happy about that I am. Moving into the video games, which again, we'll talk about more in depth on patreon.com slash laser time. The Patreon, the, the fucking crowdfunding that supports the whole laser time network. Um, one of my favorite games ever. I, I professionally gave three games a 10, and this is one of them. Mm. GTA Ooh. Chinatown Wars comes to iOS. It is an excellent game, and I have never been so addicted to anything as much as I was selling drugs in that game. <laughs> you can you can you can dictate you can look at territories and see who's starving for what and figure out what drug to deliver where in addition to like oh it's it's a, the GTA you might know now is all 3D. It's it's a throwback to when it was top down and it's for portable systems and it's more optimized for that. But it has this drug dealing mini game where you can make like <laughs> crazy money. Oh, that place is starving for heroin. I got heroin. <laughs> or I'll invest in heroin over in this district and bring it over here. It, I've never played a GTA game. So you like basically that. have your MBA. Yeah, yes, it feels like <laughs> uh, like if you, all you drug drug wars calculator fans out there. Um, Silent Hill: Sharded Memories is also out on PS2 and PSP, <laughs> coming from Wii, and uh, a game I have never loved so much, but hated the final product, Dark Void. And I worked for the company that made it eventually, and I still have Dark Void stuff all throughout the house because it was like, the, remember the Rocketeer? Mm-hmm. We're going to make a game out of that. Okay. And they did for two levels that you have a rocket and can fly around and shoot stuff. Uh-huh. 
Turns out that was really expensive, and most of it is a corridor shooter that's really boring with robots. When do you fight Nazis? Uh, they're never actually really Nazis, but right. Too controversial. Too controversial. Sure. Uh, but but I love the design of the character and the, the the levels with the rocket pack are excellent. However, most of the game isn't that, and we were sort of fibbed to. Mm. Uh, it turns out making a game like that is very expensive, where you have free roaming flight and shooting aspects as a human <laughs> being, and can go like almost the speed of light. Anyway, um, I that is about it for the show. We'll talk more about it in games on uh, our Patreon. Speaking of which, this show is executive produced by Jeffrey Watkins and many other fine people Thanks. at patreon.com slash lasertime who bring the show to you and Laser Time, where you can hear that Conan episode or that uh, uh, that, that, that episode about uh, documentaries about movies where you can see the, hear us talk about and play clips from the Troy Duffy uh, Overnight movie in addition to Hearts of Darkness, the Apocalypse Now documentary or Lost Souls, the, movie, the documentary about Island of Dr. Moreau. All movies... In the words of Abed, are more interesting than the movies themselves, IMO. <laughs> and, and no offense to Apocalypse Now, because it's pretty watchable. But everything else is not. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, also uh, 302010, which you're listening to, and Video Game Apocalypse, our weekly video game show, which right now we've just wrapped up uh, our Games of the Year episode, and we're going through our Games of the Decade. We're trying to figure out the wow. best games of the decade that has passed, in addition to some personal likes and some current events. So uh, check that out. It's a fun, breezy way to uh, uh, listen to some cool evergreen stuff in addition to what's happening right now. I don't know why, but uh, uh, Diana's husband loves to play almost every game and tell you what he thinks about them in a quick, short burst. It's probably a giant waste of money. But but where can people find you, Diana? They can find me on the Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. And with that, we, we close out with the births and deaths, people who died and lived during this uh, period. So it started out depressingly. Who died? Oh, man. We have three classic Hollywood actresses all dying in the same week, just you, 10 years apart. Uh, 1990, we lost Barbara Stanwyck, who is 82. She is in the best film noir of all time, Double Indemnity. In 2000, we lost Hedy Lamarr. She was 85. Uh, and we would not have Wi-Fi without her. <laughs> she, cool. uh, that's... Uh, Again, I, I, I've heard these people's names forever. I know they're old Hollywood, but I, I don't know them by face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Same. her, I was reading yeah. like a minor biography about like she was inventing things the whole time. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, she invented a guidance system uh, for torpedoes so that they couldn't have like their radio signals jam, and that's literally the basis for Wi-Fi now. And wow. it's not her name is not just a, a joke from Blazing Saddles. She was a person. That's she was in movies. <laughs> and and uh, you should thank her. There's a, a documentary about her called Bombshell. Came out I think last year. It was really good. Ooh, that's so, that's so confusing for people still going to theaters. Uh, and yep. who else? And then in 2010, uh, we lost Gene Simmons, who was 80. Thank God. Was, so glad the kiss reign is over. <laughs> thank God. And... The other Gene Simmons. Oh God, oh, damn it! Dang it! Spartacus and Guys and Dolls and Lawrence Olivier's Hamlet. Oh, yep. God, it would have been so good to lose Gene with a G. I know. We lost. <laughs> We lost one of them, so there's only one Gene Simmons left that uh, we can complain. It just shows you that God is not paying a lot of attention to us. <laughs> no. uh, I think it's, today it's I should kill Gene plan. Simmons. Like uh, He's over there, right? No, God! Run! No, not the nice actress lady. Yeah, talk to the guy who's feeling up the intern trying to sell his coffin to people <laughs> over the radio. Uh, <laughs> that, that is about it for the show, except for the birthday quiz. Bye, 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 birthday. Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a 
ding dong doodly doodly ding dong do. This is going to be a tough one. Let's see how we do. Uh-oh. Born January 20th, 1920. Oh, <gasps> Who would be 100 this week, uh, except that he died Halloween 1993 at the age of 73. Oh, I'm out. Hmm. He is the winner of four foreign language film Oscars. That's the most of any director in history. Okay. I, I, um, Diana, I believe with that clue means we are we don't know who this person is. <laughs> oh, no. Just let's give it a try. Okay. Fun fact, he was a cartoonist and a writer before he became a filmmaker. And his country was on the wrong side of World War II and he didn't want to fight. So to avoid the draft, he hid. And then uh, an allied air raid destroyed the office where his birth records were. So they couldn't draft him. It's not Frank Tashlin? No, sorry. <laughs> Only animator turned director I know from that era. <sighs> uh, he wasn't, I mean, you wouldn't think of him as an animator. He just, he was a cartoonist before he got into filmmaking. Okay. So he has very visual style. Mm. Uh, his films have such Same a distinctive person. style. He is in the dictionary. Really? As something that is fantastical, Fellini. surreal, uh, fascination with the bizarre contrasted with simplicity. I'm going to ignore Sarah and say Fellini. It is Fellini. I, I, got said, it. I, I just no, no, no. said it. Yeah, I, I said it. Diana didn't recognize it. It's the judges didn't, I didn't hear, hear it. it. I s- the judges. That didn't. is not my fault. Let's go I back said and it clearly. I still have a point. Is, is all I'm saying. No, no, I'll call that a tie. Come on, zero points. Right, that at least should be a tie. <laughs> That's a tie. So uh, yeah, the films. Uh, Federico Fellini won Oscars for La Strada, Knights of Cabiria, Amarcord, and Eight and a Half. I super recommend, along with La Dolce Vita and Iviteloni. I've never uh, been so angry you- in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the needlessly competitive birthday quiz segment. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Fellini-esque in the dictionary there you go. has been for like 40 years. That's pretty cool. That's yeah, crazy. if you've never seen a, a Fellini film, um, probably La Dolce Vita might be the easiest to get into because mm-hmm. uh, it's not like super crazy weird. I, or recommend, I recommend Nine and a Half Weeks. <laughs> it's a good film or joke. <laughs> yeah, or or Knights of Cabiria, which uh, got remade as Sweet Charity, so you can follow it pretty well. Ooh. Yeah, fucking Fellini, man, hundred years, woo! At a boy, Fellini, right, right on the eve of nine, losing an award. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, we're gonna close out with what? Uh, I thought we would close out. I mean, I was going through the performances for the the Haiti uh, telethon. Mm-hmm. And I remember Beyonce did a, a great version of Halo that was lovely, but there's also an original song for it, a benefit song called Stranded, Haiti Mona Moore by uh, Jay-Z, Rihanna, Bono, and The Edge. So, wow. yeah, I think we kind of have to go with that because it's a good song, too. We forgot about that like in our it. Charity Songs episode of Laser Time, which somebody um, just complimented me on uh, uh, like, uh, like a while afterwards. Welcome. We look at the uh, old back when songs made money. Yeah, you could like you could mm-hmm. fix a problem with, with music. Um, Who knew? Yep. I forget if you did voices that care. Did you do that one? The, the Canadian "We Are the World." Yes, yes we did. We did. We okay. did. Yep. Oh man, that sad Canadian version. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, check out the whole Laser Time Network for real. Uh, this week we're talking about uh, the best TV of uh, the previous year, and I stand by it. Uh, we've talked about the best movies of the decade, mm-hmm. the best movies of the year, and then there's still more fun stuff to come, including the Oscar show, our annual Oscar oh, show. I'm we will have seen all the Best Picture nominees, so you don't have to. Even though this year I, I've seen the most without trying ever, yeah. Yeah. because there are nice. there are no British whiny movies. <laughs> 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 for me, bringing up the rear. 
I have three and a half to watch. Oh my god! And if you're going to nominate a DC movie for an Oscar, you weirdos! Like, <sighs> I, like I thought I didn't see a lot of movies. Yeah. But tune into that. Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime is how we make this all possible and compensate each other for our time. This is a three-hour recording, uh, and I have no idea whether it's going to be once it's edited, which is also fucking work. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you want to see the shows keep going, it's important that you show us support when you can. Price of a Burger and Fries can really help your favorite podcast network. Keep on making new stuff, including bonus stuff, a bonus video game episode for 302010 fans, a weekly bonus time episode. We're going to be talking about CES and some of the Oscar noms. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to close out with Stranded by Jay-Z, Rihanna, Bono, and The Edge, who I'll just call Shayrana Bedge. Uh, nope, not <laughs> not funny enough at this point in the show. Uh, so let's just close out the song and say we'll see you next week. Bye!